Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. What is going on, guys? This is episode 246 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. It's going to be a chill, casual Friday episode. And today we've got a guest in the house. Hopefully, no tech issues today. Introduce yourself, please. Hi. Happy Friday. I'm Taylor. Shabbat Shalom. I'm happy to be back again. Salt. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good? It's, I'm happy it's Friday. By the way, it is, it is a Friday because I've got names to change on the thing already. And also, when we went live, I did the oh, button. No. But I pushed the button to go live, but I hadn't hit start stream yet. <laughs> 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 so we're off to a fantastic start. Between Great. that and uh, repetitive tech issues all week, I will, be keeping, I will be keeping an eye on the one hour and 18 mark as my We were fine enemy. yesterday, yes. but no, we won't get our hopes up. But again, we are we are the podcasters that go out to get milk and cigarettes, and who knows if we'll come back. Who do you, you know what? Uh, maybe years <laughs> later, if you if you get an, a really good job, and then they want to reinsert them, or you win the lottery, and they reinsert themselves. Yeah, we'll in your rekindle life. our relationship with the crisis actors years later. I'm sure. <laughs> Once we find out if they're doing well, <laughs> then they'll be like, "You abandoned me, and think I'm just gonna take you back." It's really traumatic. It's, uh, um. <laughs> there it goes. I was Thank waiting you. for it. I was like, "Why isn't the why Are the isn't money the guns not going? working already?" It, it did. It just worked that time. It worked in the second one. Okay, we're good, <laughs> guys. We are. Uh, we are a. Uh, uh, we're a off to a great start. A rickety ship that is just making it through the storm. We're It'll doing be our best. better next week. Don't you guys worry at all. It's, it's all. It's all that type of positive attitude. That's why we have Mary around. She's the positive one. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> so we had a bunch of stuff to talk about. We were going to talk about Marvel fans, and they're finally growing just a little bit fatigued of the nine thousand eight hundred seventy-two million four hundred twenty-two zillion Marvel streaming shows that are being released every single year. There's a strong percentage that are saying that maybe that is just a bit uh, a bit much. So we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about this clip of Kate Blanchett from the movie Tar that was getting a, a bunch of play yesterday on Twitter. People talking about what it, uh, what it means. I have some critiques about who they're giving credit to uh, in the headlines for stuff like this, me included. Uh, we're also going to discuss the Rings of Power actors and the seethe and cope that is still going on because the show has already failed. It is done. We're waiting for season two, which will come out like two years from now. And yeah. the other Everyone actors will have forgotten the, about it by then. The <laughs> actors, however, are still are still um, coping with the fact that they were not uh, that people had questions about who should be in the show. So we will discuss that. We got a bunch of other stuff. There's Taylor Swift news and Podluck. We got a lot of stuff to get into. So Mary, if you're ready, we will get right into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Taylor, <laughs> are you ready? Yes, let's go. All right, so it says, Marvel fans are showing franchise fatigue while DC fans are more likely to prefer single superhero movies over a universe, says a fandom study. Now, here's where I have to change the name. See, it says you're Andrew. You're, you don't oh, look no. like an Andrew. 
Oh. You don't, you don't look like an Andrew. Uh-oh. You don't look like an Andrew. It's a, but you never know. Yeah, maybe maybe you change your name. Possible? Should no? we just no? put something no. random in there? No, I got it. All right. We're okay, gonna, like I said, great. we're off to a great start. So Thanks. this uh, article breaks down into uh, several different types of fandom, which I found very, very interesting. But the big percentage number here is that they're saying that 30% of the Marvel fan base are generally fatigued by the endless amount of streaming content that's coming out of Disney Plus these days. And I think that's a fair criticism. There's just too much. However, more damning for MCU fans is that this study also shows they're more willing than DC fans to simply consume all yeah. Marvel media. 81%. And DC fans are likely to focus on one particular superhero franchise mm. that they are interested in. I think that's because DC has the more name brands uh, heroes, meaning Batman, Wonder Woman... Superman, the the ones and that Marvel are more has flagship characters. Spider Man is more is relevant their, than others. I, I think of Spider Man as their flagship character. You could have said Iron Man, but there is no Iron Man anymore. So they break <laughs> these they break these groups down into four separate categories, which are the advocate, the intentionalists, the culturalists, and the flirt. I like the last one. That's funny. So the advocates are your diehard fans, the ones that will go and see literally anything. The they drooling, make. Yeah. slop eating MCU fans who Please. will just pog face at literally any mediocrity presented to them. Yes. Uh, and then we have the intentionalists, which are your largest segment of the audience, which are more picky. Uh, they're more discerning of reviews and stuff like that before they commit to going and seeing something. And the culturalists are the ones that are in, uh, kind of more influenced by the buzz around a movie. I would imagine that like when Black Panther came out, all of the hype around Black mm -hmm. Panther would have been part of that buzz. Uh, and then the flirt are the ones that dabble in it and use kind of pop culture phenomenons like the Marvel, like the MCU, as a way to kind of form common ground with people that like, oh, you're into it? Well, I'll look into it because you, you seem to like it so much. Which... I don't know. Where do you guys think you would fit? If you were to, if you were to kind of going by that criteria, where do you think you guys would fit in this spectrum? The way that we choose to review things means that we have to be intentionalist yeah. or culturalist because we care about the buzz and we care about the quality. I would like that's to pretty much it. A middle ground between the culturalist and the intentionalist would be where we would fall. Hopefully yeah. more discerning, uh, like, a, like an intentionalist, but also keenly aware of how it affects the culture. I think in my day-to-day my -day life, though, where it's not like we're going to talk about this, I'm more of a flirt. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's I just fine. can't commit to anything yeah. fully. So the, the thing I found the most interesting about this was uh, it wasn't just that, but it was uh, it was DC performs uh, prefers specific heroes. And that was at 57 percent and 38 percent of Marvel fans prefer specific heroes, which is like I, I imagine that number might have dropped once Captain America and Iron Man were no longer part of the MCU. Uh, and I think this these details show in the numbers for their releases lately. Was this like 81 an online percent survey? of Marvel fans would watch literally <laughs> any anything released in the franchise? They'll just take it. Any TV series, any sequel, it's they do not care or discriminate whatsoever. They will just mindlessly watch this stuff, no matter what is presented to them. And that's the type of viewer that I felt like I was surrounded with in the theater watching Thor: Love and Thunder, yeah, or watching like. The new Doctor Strange movie. Did you feel that way about Black Panther? Black Panther, I think, was more culturalist because Black Panther is more culturally relevant. I know yeah. a lot of people were talking about that way more and uh, far longer before and after the release than the ones I previously mentioned, like Thor. Um, 
that has more cultural relevance also because of like the celebrities that were you know pictured at the premieres and you know rihanna having a new song on the soundtrack yeah i think that's more relevant to the culture than anything so we do have the numbers for black panther here this is very interesting which is it says fewer white people and fewer males went to see wakanda forever than the original no black wonder panther. right yeah so in 20 20- because if you make it if you make a point in the first movie of demonizing white people and calling them colonizers even though America is supposed to be presented in this nuanced light in the movies, mm. then they're not going to be incentivized to come back and watch it a second time. And we see these activists on social media before the sequel is even out telling white people not to view the movie and to give up their seat to a black viewer yeah. because it's not for them. They well, when you tell people too. that a movie is not for them, they're perfectly within their rights to listen to you take your advice and not go and uh the the caucasian demographic fell by 15 percent or i guess it would 15 percentage points not yeah 15%. so the male drop in viewership is because you just replaced the yeah. male protagonist sadly because he died with a female protagonist and turned it into this narrative about you know female empowerment and then I, I mean, then I throughout really the that. sequel there was again the anti-white message that they're calling him a there this person who is largely an ally to them yeah. martin freeman's character uh i forget what his name was in the movie yeah. calling him a colonizer as this strange term of endearment or actually like belittlement it is it is both a term of endearment and a, and a way to belittle them at yeah. the same time which while is, he's trying to aid them yeah so uh, the the uh, Caucasian audience in the first movie was uh, tw- let me see was it twenty twenty percent in the sequel and forty four percent okay so in Wakanda Forever forty four percent was was made up black twenty one percent Hispanic and Latino twenty percent Caucasian fifteen percent other it was thirty five percent Caucasian in the first one yeah and I then mean I twenty percent I think so they you bumped said? they bumped a little bit because of uh, in the Hispanic and Latino demographics because of uh, Namor. Uh, uh, Namor. Namor. I, I, Namor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just think it's so funny that the CIA agent in that movie was committing treason and risking his life and they're still to him. help them yeah. with their geopolitical stance, and they're not even telling him the full reality of the situation throughout. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And yet they're still belittling him and... His whole storyline was completely irrelevant and could have been shaved off of the whole movie. Yeah, they could have gotten rid of it altogether almost And then not made it such a snooze fest almost three hours long. Well, I liked it. I'm the only one who liked it. Out of all our group, I was the only one who liked it. It was awful. And it was extremely predictable. Yes. How um, how are you expected to sit through this three hours when from the very beginning you already know what's going to happen? It's definitely fast food still. I mean, it's not like I I look at it as some type of high art or cinema, but I did did think it was a fine time. MCU advocate fan. Yeah. definitely think of it that way and also when they're think, crying at the post credit scene I think the racial demographics are less interesting than the than the than it's skewing female because this is what Disney 
Disney wants. There was uh, an article we covered a while back that talked about the the demographics that Disney has always skewed uh, female, and what they've done is they've taken male properties like like Marvel and Star Wars, and they've made them into female-led projects and they do uh, it slowly yes. so you don't notice it at first well no they did it with they did it with marvel slowly they did it very quickly with with star wars with star wars yeah they and star wars went, that's uh, different but with, maybe, with marvel yeah. they're trying to do this slow like creeping up on you yeah. where they take your familiar male protagonist and then have him work side by side with this female sidekick who outshines him in every way so that they can slowly phase him out. And especially in Thor Love and Thunder, I noticed that they were just trying to first portray him as portray Thor as this fat joke. Yeah, this has been. And then once he gets in shape, somehow he's still a joke, even his his body after he gets back in shape is a joke to be laughed at which you can't do with women and that's where a lot of the resentment comes for because you cannot portray those storylines the same way you wouldn't it's be like able to watching portray these the, movies is some yeah. kind of hu- humiliation ritual there was an article there was i read the other day that was talking about that it says why are all the male superheroes these days being humiliated in front of everyone right. like it, it's a like it, is this some kind of fetish for people like yeah. i i'm really not interested in, in getting roped into that. So, it, again, I want to point this out. 44% of the audience was black. 21% was Hispanic, Latino. 20% was Caucasian. 15% was Asian, as opposed to 37%, 35%, 18%, and 5%. So they made good growth in the Asian market uh, with Asian uh, viewers and with Hispanic viewers. I actually would have expected the number of Hispanic viewers to jump higher, given that uh, the credit was being given to the guy playing Namor and everything, right? So mm-hmm. uh, this is also really interesting. I just found this right before we went live. Uh, University of California, Santa Barbara, Black Students Union holds free Black Panther Wakanda Forever screening, but asks white students not to attend. <laughs> it's the world we live in today, like, guys. Either you are a bad person because you didn't watch it and you're not supporting black creators like Ryan Coogler. Yes. Or... You're a bad person because you did see it and that somehow, some way, actively took a seat away from a black viewer who could have seen yeah. it in your place, which genuinely doesn't make sense and that's not how it works. But the reason I, I this is I love the language. I'm going to read you what they posted here and it's really funny the way this is phrased. So oh, first, I, so want you to, I want you to keep in mind what they did, which is say... Don't come. But this is how it's phrased. They say, we are lovingly curating this space to support and affirm black people and black joy. We ask that our non-black allies support our intention of creating a black affinity and celebration space, reads the event description in the post. The screening of the eagerly anticipated Marvel sequel was held at the local Santa Barbara Arlington Theater. The screening is hosted by a local off-campus organization, and the link you're sent is the BSU inviting its members to attend. And yes, and they, but they refer to it as building community. Uh, How are you building look, community if you're actively excluding communities from intermingling? I, I That's get, my question. I get the I get that it's it's weasel words in its language. It's designed to sound uh, uplifting while being simultaneously extremely exclusionary. <laughs> but that's kind of the idea behind all of it, isn't it? Like the idea is that inclusion really is just to the exclusion of others. And that's this. Uh. My point. My, <laughs> but my point here is that this is why. This stuff is so important because this is a stupid movie about uh, superheroes in a unrealistic world and it's affecting real racist tendencies here in the real world where the consequences are very much felt by the population. I really hate that 
whether or not Marvel intends it, people are going to read this far into Wakanda Forever that it's racial messaging. Like, I see this tweet that says, Killmonger highlighted internal issue within the black culture that people have been afraid to talk about. And Namor highlighted two minorities fighting because they both want white people to leave them alone. Iconic. Like, could you just sit back and enjoy a movie and like it for what it is? Or does it have to cater to your worldview? Well, especially something that's so blatantly not supposed to be taken that seriously. Or maybe it was. I have no idea at this point. Mm. But, like, I am so... Like, I just don't want to be involved in this shit show. I could be wrong. Like, <laughs> I could be wrong about that. Maybe it is. Maybe they're just very, very good that it's supposed to be taken that seriously. And it's just designed through a medium that's literally kind of broken. the. It's kind of cracked the code in something that can have adult messaging in products that are both uh, that are somehow simultaneously uh, appealing to both kids and adults, which allows them to promulgate uh, to propagate their message out right. faster. And to more people, which is really terrifying when you think about it. One day we're going to watch a documentary, How Superheroes Destroyed Western Society. And it's, it doesn't We're seem watching like it, it in be, real time. I don't need to watch a documentary. Well, maybe I'll be the one. Maybe we'll be the ones who make it. And it's day. not just superheroes. Yeah. It's people manipulating these franchises and the fans who are interpreting it this way that yeah. are ruining it. And it, it could is, be something really fun and lighthearted and, you know, something that people come together to watch and enjoy. Yeah. And they hate fun. Oh, they hate fun. They fa- they hate real entertainment. If you're talking about it on Twitter, you hate fun. Right. You do. You think the goal would be to make it a movie that all different types of people would go watch and enjoy, right? Right. Regardless I of mean, who that's what a, would make the, the most money. The message. We're in a post-profit era. <laughs> I, we of. really are because like a, the, a the, corporation Disney's size doesn't need to worry about making profits anymore because like we were talking about with like Hallmark, they you build your platform off of traditional storytelling that is genuinely popular, and then you twist it yeah. into something that it never originally meant. Um, I, I do have a question for you guys, though. If, is there something? Or is there something in your life that you would be that eighty-one percent for? Is there anything you like so much <laughs> that you will consume anything uh. that it puts out? Uh, it depends on track record, but like uh, Twilight, maybe. Ah, whoa, exposing yourself here. Um, I don't know. Like, that's oh, a- I got one. I'll go see any movie um, that Quentin Tarantino puts out. Okay, I really like Tarantino okay. films for it, a long time. That, but also, there, there's. But a, I've also gone and seen them and been like, that wasn't that good. But but it's like, is there like a it. franchise? Yeah. The problem is that's though, not a, exactly the same. That's yeah. just a Tarantino director, movie is going to come out like once every three to five years. All, yeah, you're like, not going to. It's not Marvel where you're like, there's you're not like, a volume. You just of get content. done with Miss Marvel, and they're like, fine. I, I don't will have time watch to Loki. It's it's like that Wojak meme. That's like, sweetie, what's wrong? You've barely touched your Daredevil Reborn series. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we're in now. Like. I, maybe I don't want to eat the slop anymore. I, I, don't, want to, I, I don't want to consume. No, consume, thank you. Uh, so, I will not you, be a good little one? consumer. Is there anything that's like that for me? Yeah, um, I'm still thinking. Maybe something else. I don't think so. I don't think there's anything that I am that I am that attached to franchise wise that 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 would come out with stuff that frequently. Maybe like music artists. Yes, I, I think there's but some. I don't know uh, about Dermot or Kennedy shows. just released like a ten song album last night that mm-hmm. I listened to the whole way through. I there's very few artists these days. 
that are modern that I listen to that I would listen to all their content at once. Yeah. Like, so, but music's a little bit different, right? Yeah. That's a different type of consumption. Yeah. Um, but as far as like actual media, I can't think of anything. I actually believe that, unfortunately, a lot of the kind of the way that politics has become pop culture that there's a lot of people that will just consume anything that a lot of the cultural commentators yeah like, i'll watch like, every ben shapiro yeah, every episode yeah every daily wire thing. like <laughs> unfortunately but i think i think that it spawns that same level of of zealotry not zealotry that's a that's an unfair framing it it inspires that level of kind of commitment to the product right because it aligns somehow with what you believe yeah, I don't but, know how that works for Marvel. I don't know how what you could possibly believe that would hit you that hard, especially when the characters are so ill-defined. But it seems like that's how it is for This is for people who them. don't have real beliefs. Yeah. Or just, they have their beliefs funneled into their brains I by wished, corporations. I wish that there was like a movie or franchise that I actually enjoyed enough to want to watch and get excited about. Yeah, Wouldn't but that be nice, right? Maybe I'm not the target audience. We will. We will figure it out one day. All right, I think I've got it fixed here. Uh, we were. Are the super chats? Uh, are we? Are we back? Working. I think we're back. Is the stream up still? We're, no, streams up. Uh, I, it's the super chats. Where the the um the crisis meter? Huh. Should show up again. It might be. It might have needed to be reset, but I'm double checking now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. All right. We're good. We're good. Uh, okay, the party cool. counts as two. We're we're re we started over from yesterday. The the number. Didn't okay, be set, let's so. let's go to super chats. Yeah, let's go and go. Appalachia fatalism said, "Hey Mary, it's me, your pal from church. Thanks for having Kai clips on. Did you happen to notice his big strong muscles? <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did not happen to notice that, but he he did talk about bodybuilding. That's pretty cool that he's into that. Um, Appalachia fatalism also said. Uh, I was watching Kai's show on Cozy, and he liked the idea of you guys getting a Cozy channel. Would Tim Pool, who is the boss of you, ever allow it? We're staying on YouTube because that's where people are. Yes. Bad App said, oh, snap, Ye is going to go DEFCON 3 on Taylor. Hopefully, he Wait. does not know who Taylor is, so he, he will not do so. Uh, it was a quote from Kanye from a while back. I, I know what it is, yeah. but I'm trying. To I thought he said. I thought he said it wrong. I thought he said DeathCon. Didn't well, he say it wrong? Bad App said it right. Yay oh, okay. said it wrong. <laughs> Johnny Beck said. Oh, he gave us a thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, according Thank to you. to Kanye, I'm like a fake Jew, right? I don't know like what that. he thinks the, pro the problem is with Kanye. I don't know if he knows what he thinks or if he just regurgitates Farrakhan crap. I, I think the problem is that he's just uh, he's a little bit in uh, his delivery is a little bit incoherent. So. Yeah, I, I think also the Farrakhan worshiping is problematic. Right, Caper Two X said, "Hola Taylor, Hola. but Brett, why are we exposing our precious friend to your electronic mayhem and Comrade Mary's revisionist revisionists diatribes? Make mine marvel." What are your revisionist diatribes? I don't know. And what is the uh, and what is my electronic mayhem? Is that the stream? 
the stream it was fine yesterday, if that's what you're wondering. So I don't think we way, should have any further issues. I think what's going to happen here is I think a crisis party is going to go off even before it gets to 100 because I think it didn't reset from yesterday. Oh. So we okay. will see. We will see. <laughs> Marcos said, in your opinion, how much time must pass before you will experience nostalgia? Nostalgia for right now, you mean? Uh, for the time you're in. Uh, I think that the limit right now is like five years and that's less than it used to be. It used to be like a 20 year gap between things before people miss it. And now we went to like 10 year, like we went to like 15, then we went to 10 and now we're at like five. I feel like the only things I personally experience that nostalgic feeling for are things from my childhood. Mm hmm. But I have yeah. nostalgia for. See, that was you. not that was not a that was not a full. We'll count it as. I'm saying thank you and today. Thank you guys because you guys still yeah, thanks, caused it. You are the best. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have nostalgia for like 2016, 17. I I posted. I actually posted. Um, I don't often post like nostalgic things for myself. Like uh, I kind of post some self-reflective things from time to time. But I posted a picture from 20, uh, 2010 Ooh. the other day because uh, I, it was from when I was in uh, the first time I went to Spain. And it was just, uh, there was something about it, the fact that it was like, right as my kind of uh, addiction struggles had started but weren't plateauing, it was probably the happiest time in my life because I didn't realize how much crap I was going to get myself in down the line. And there was just something like about it because the picture came up uh, and it just hit me. So I wrote a very long paragraph about it last night. And that's the type of nostalgia I feel it usually doesn't come for other things. In media, I get nostalgic for the way that certain properties were handled back in the day. But that's more about the overall tone of how the writing was within the whole industry and not necessarily that property itself. I think clothes are my medium ah, for nostalgia, yeah. I, I which I was just talking about this today. very incredibly stressful dream I was having. Tell please tell this everyone nightmare. about this. And Brett was like laughing, laughing at, at me at my expense over this, but I was having this really stressful dream about shopping, which is the most white <laughs> Western woman shopping thing is stressful. I've ever it heard in my entire relaxing, life. It should be relaxing, but it becomes stressful. Okay, and in my dream, I was just walking around these stores that were all set up very nice nicely but there was no clothing to peruse and i was getting very distressed in my dream uh well was it is it just because there was nothing to look at Th there were no clothes on on the racks it was only on mannequins <laughs> and there you was probably take some off, psychoanalysis in there i don't know it uh did you ever have you ever seen that picture that there there is such a thing as like anatomically correct mannequins like where they have like oh, for guys gosh. that show you like it's no, like what they your do that at target like. now yeah it's awful yeah <laughs> Like, don't do like, that. I, I don't want to see what my clothes would look like on someone who is like 100 pounds heavier than me. Show us what we should be aspiring to. Yeah. Yes. Caper 2X. You, you mean you don't want to see underwear from Victoria's Secret on, on someone who's like 300 pounds? Mannequins? I'd rather not. No. Yeah. Caper 2X <laughs> said, since its inception, Marvel has invested in a shared universe. The fans enjoy seeking connections between media. You need to be into it to like it. You sound a little bit brainwashed, okay? I don't, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I almost forgot what I was going to say. I don't know if this counts as nostalgia, but I was at Walmart earlier okay. like, getting some stuff, prop stuff, and um, I saw the little itty-bitty figurines of brats. They remade them? There's little ones, 
and they come oh the baby brats i don't know they like come in a little package i used to have you get little accessories and I completely lost track of everything I was doing and looking for and was like, oh my gosh, it's Chloe. Oh my Chloe. gosh, it's Yasmin. Chloe was my favorite. Yeah. Or Yasmin actually was great too. I think Yasmin was my favorite. Let's yeah. read one more and then we'll move on. <laughs> Sorry. Brett's like, anyway. There's, there's a lot I- interpreted by like whether you preferred Barbies or Bratz But it up. sucked Okay, right can you in. tell me what like, that is before we go on? What, what is that? Like what the hell makes you a like Bratz person as opposed to a... I was actually it, a Believe it or not, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Whether you whether or not you were allowed to play with brat doll brats dolls growing up, it like shows how strict your parents were. So like my parents didn't like that I had brats dolls, but they capitulated. <laughs> so like none of my friends were allowed to play with brats dolls. It was like the bad girls. Ooh, you know Barbie. you won't even they remember this. Up, uh, they were going to grow up and smoke because they school. like wear they wear crop tops. And <laughs> do you, high do you heels even remember Betty Spaghetti? No. Oh, I grew I've, up I've on never Betty heard Spaghetti. Of that. <laughs> and then sorry, I sorry, was, we're getting off track. We're gonna move on. Yeah. We're gonna move okay, on. Okay. We're gonna get. We're gonna go on, guys. All right. So yeah, people are like, what the hell are they talking about? So we have <laughs> somebody. Here. Somebody here knows. This is a, yes. this is a clip uh, of Kate Blanchett in the movie Tar, in which she plays a uh, a world renowned fictional. Uh, composer yeah. uh, in, in the orchestra and it says Kate Blanchett in Tar dismantles woke identity politics and it says don't be so eager to be offended the the distinction I want to make here is that it's not Kate Blanchett that's doing that it's the writer who's doing that uh, because it's the guy who wrote the movie well you can interpret yes. something from the fact that Kate Blanchett was willing to perform this monologue yeah. but you don't know what her intention was behind it, if yeah. anything. Yeah, so, so we're just going to like live react to this because yeah. she she talks very gracefully in this scene. And I think it spoke to a lot of people. All right. So this is uh, this was on Twitter. You know, as Chong posted this. So we're going to watch it full screen. There's a humility in Bach. He's not pretending he's certain about anything. Also, let us know if the audio is okay. Audio should be fine, I believe. It's never the answer, right? Now, the big question for you is what do you think, Max? <sighs> you play really well. But nowadays, Thank you. white male cis composers, just not my thing. Don't be. So eager to be offended. The narcissism of small differences leads to the most boring conformity. I guess Edgar Verrez is okay. I mean, no, like, I kind of, anyway. Oh, well, then you must be aware that Verrez once famously stated that jazz was a Negro product exploited by the Jews. Didn't stop Jerry Goldsmith from ripping him off for his Planet of the Apes score. It's kind of a perfect insult, don't you think? But you see... The problem with enrolling yourself as an ultrasonic epistemic dissident is that if Bach's talent can be reduced to his gender, birth, country, religion, sexuality, and so on, then so can yours. Now, someday, Max, when you go out into the world and you guest conduct for a major or minor orchestra, you may notice that the players have more than light bulbs and music on their stands. They will also have been handed rating sheets the purpose of which is to rate you. Now, what kind of criteria would you hope that they would use to do this? Your score reading and stick technique or something else? All right, everyone. Using Max's criteria, let's 
Consider Max's thing. In this case, Anna Bobas Dolce. Now, can we agree on two pieces of observation? One, that Anna was born in Iceland, and two, that she is in a, I don't know, Waldorf teacher kind of way, a super hot young woman. Yeah. Show of hands. All right, now let's turn our gaze back to the piano bench up there and see if we can square how any of those things possibly relate to the person we see seated before us. He did not like that. Where are you going? You're a fucking bitch. And you are a robot. I mean, unfortunately, the architect of your soul appears to be social media. You want to dance the mask, you must service the composer. You got to sublimate yourself, your ego, and yes, your identity. You must, in fact, stand in front of the public and God and obliterate yourself. Now, in the movie, she's uh, it's it, she's like not the good guy or the bad guy. It seems yeah. to be more of a character study. So Someone quote tweeted this and said, this character is supposed to be an egotistical sex pest. You really can't make this stuff up. So a lot of people think this scene is being misinterpreted to praise the character. I think the problem with that is that people just, they're not used to, they're used to like Marvel movies. They're not used to the nuance that's actually required in a, yeah. in a piece like this before. Uh, she can say something you agree with while not being a good person, just like somebody that you can say something that you uh, don't agree with who is a good person. There is more nuance to the world than that. And I think there's a right. lot of really, really, really good stuff that was said in there. And I do wonder sometimes, like, if we ever find our way out of the, the cultural conundrum that we're in right now, will you look back 50 years from now and wonder, like, why was everyone so quick and willing to judge another person based on a bunch of things that they couldn't control. I understand where the, the critical theorist argument comes from. I understand where they're talking about uh, the balance of power in decades past in the way structures in our society have been set up to help some groups and hurt another. But I don't understand what about that makes people want to use it to objectify you know to hurt the people that are of the current standing when class is such a bigger issue than any of that um i think that kate blanchett's character is pointing out some nuggets of truth here and uh one of them is that people don't have the tools of nuance at the ready anymore because, to interpret a scene like this because the superhero movies have kind of yeah. dumbed people down to believe that that's what actual uh human interaction is like yeah I, this one tweet says people saying this scene is being taken out of context are in denial is her character a sexual predator Allegedly, but this scene stands on its own. This is what Hollywood does. They slip in little nuggets of truth in weird places, especially when it's personal. So this might have been some attempt at like calling out people in that industry. Yeah. And also it's just some very like poignant observations about generational differences, right? Uh, this is an older character talking to someone who's probably Younger. millennial or Gen Z. Well, I, and, I, probably Gen and Z. speaking to like the values that that generation holds dear and they are just you know nebulous vague ideas of acceptance or tolerance that are actually not afforded to individuals yeah. so like when she goes against his ideology he calls her this vile name <laughs> that is actually 
a way to put her down like as a woman it mm-hmm. kind of shows his hypocrisy mm-hmm. and you know she's also a hypocrite there are just uh, modern audiences are just like, not equipped to and to handle a scene like this human beings and i want to see this whole movie yeah. so i can see like what it actually means in the entire project but i didn't have the time to do that when this scene went viral today. The other reason you could assume that there's far more nuance to it is that it got rave reviews from critics. And as we know that critics, yeah. uh, uh, I, are well, they're nuanced bros. And that's, yeah. I, I like to avoid that yeah. persuasion. Also, when like what you were saying on the generational thing, it seems like oftentimes now younger people seem to genuinely think they know better than mm-hmm. older people who have more experience and knowledge than they do. Or like yeah. they and in this scene, she's them. clearly showing she has more historical knowledge of the subject matter. And, mm-hmm. you know, being his professor obviously does. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is just an example of Hollywood trying to get us to sympathize with a villain again. That's a recurring theme that we've seen across all genres um, is that... Hollywood is presenting villains or anti-heroes that we're supposed to sympathize with rather than a clear-cut good guy and bad guy. Yeah. So, yes, she's supposed to be uh, at least partly a villain, someone with deep flaws in her character, but you're supposed to accept that still her rant, her observations here in this two-minute clip uh, are accurate and pointing out other people's flaws. She's still capable of saying things that are true. I hate the idea that uh, for whatever you've accomplished, whatever I've accomplished, whatever anyone has accomplished, that you could boil it down to such boring things as what you look like, your gender, Mm -hmm. your sexuality. There's actually, I don't know if I mentioned this on air, there's um, one of the companies that I used to skate for just released a skate that's literally a woman's skate called the Equity. And I found that unbelievably insulting to the there's many very successful females on that team that are fantastic in their own right and in in that world uh when you when you skate for a company your job you understand like your job is marketing you're you're it's not your job to be the best it's your job to you're like a move, salesperson you're a salesperson your job is to move product mm-hmm. and there are members of that team that are women that are extremely good that uh do fantastic things within the community beyond just their skill level right it's that they are very good at getting young people involved in the sport and thus buying their products thus yeah. making them very good I at their job i don't know if salesperson's the right word it, but you're supposed you're to like you're part make of the marketing department yeah so to make a skate <laughs> In their honor and then name it the equity is unbelievably insulting to me and proves super to you, condescending and super condescending yeah. and to see that happen to something that i love you know in that industry uh really does break my heart and to see how it's permeated everything even the most uh as you would know as well skating those communities were at one point the last kind of vestige of what would have been considered punk rock in well, our society and even that has been infected by culture war bs do you think that it's this crazy scene to is... me that the skate community has gone woke yeah like, oh yeah that seems like that would be the last group because it's it's that. inherently individualistic the sports are because you're not playing for a team you, right so there is but no why you think that yeah. people would maintain their ability to think for themselves and not jump into that group think 
but uh, with everyone so easily connected now because of social media and you no longer can just walk away from it, you're now on call 24-7 to be judged. So there really is no individualism unless you're really, really willing to go against you know what's being said currently in whatever industry, whether it's skating, whether it's acting, whether it's uh, bowling, whether it's whatever you love to do. Imagine there's wokeness in bowling. I think a lot of people <laughs> think that there would be consequences even though they Thank have you different guys. views. Thank you. Thank you. That's the real one. That's okay, the, good. Yes. Also, side note, I, this is not entirely related, but I love that like the female bladers group and contest is called bladies. I even didn't like that. What? I love I, it. I didn't like that they like that there I was think like it's hilarious that they uh, that they made it its own like title and things like that. Uh, but I also it's like they talk about it where uh, depends I, on your sense of yeah, humor. I, pushed, I think it's funny. <laughs> I pushed back on uh, a lot of the stuff when they're talking about how they're like women are at inequitable point in in skating, and I said I don't think that's true because we're in the age of social media and. This isn't meant to be rude to anyone, mm-hmm. but the women develop massive followings based partially on their talent, but also how they look. That's just a fact of life. That's that, true in skateboarding. You're, too. Yeah, you're if you're a beautiful there woman. There are exceptions, obviously. If you're and, then, and yes, not all of them. In fact, one of my favorite skaters uh, is uh, is a woman named China Weirstall, and she's very, very, very good. No matter what her gender was, it wouldn't mm-hmm. matter. So uh, I just I feel like it does a disservice to the community to say that they need to be uh, given some type of lift up, you know, boost upwards <laughs> because they can succeed all on their own. I have a question um, about this scene. Do you think that it was written to condescend to the people who were going to inevitably interpret it as based or whatever, like something that agrees with my ideology? I like it no matter what the nuanced actual context of it was. Like, I, I, I see this tweet that says, uh, right wing demagogues thinking tar is based is about as awful and it as usual, totally missing the point as yeah. Joe Rogan manosphere types thinking, uh, is it triple R? Or, yeah. yeah, triple R was a return to traditional masculinity. I would hope that the writer, my hope would be that the writer didn't think about that at all. That he just thinks of it independently as a scene unto itself that's part of a larger story. Mm-hmm. And that he wasn't giving it any type of cultural <laughs> context other than to tell a good story. You have to understand a surprising yeah. amount, though, about our modern culture in order to even write this rant well that you have to be able to step into the shoes of the anti-woke crowd in order to write this out in such an intricately worded graceful way back in the day that's what writers were back in the day writers did exhaustive amounts of research that's called empathy and got and got very good at writing perspectives that they didn't necessarily agree with uh the the show boston legal there's an um, amazing amount of liberal and conservative back and forth even though it's presented from a mostly liberal perspective they never demonize the conservative characters or make them out to be awful people it yeah it feels like script writers don't have empathy anymore and they have anger really hurting the the output that they they give to the public and when the public uh supposedly misinterprets what they're putting out there like uh like with the boys yeah when people liked the boys for what they thought were the wrong reasons yeah. they came out and and threw vitriol and, and spit acid at their own fan base and for that that's what and we it's were talking like, about you don't get to control how people interpret your art yeah. After um, you put it out there. Once it's you put done. it out there, it's I out. think that's a good thing that people What's are going to interpret done. it different. And also, like, you should be able to have a scene 
and people not think that this is necessarily your views or that you're trying to make a point like just enjoy the movie sometimes so it says Breitbart News recently reported that Oxford academics recently complained that western sheet music is tainted by its colonial past and would be a slap in the face for students uh, as it has complicity in white supremacy there is a there is a natural how deranged do you have to be to think that absolutely I think bonkers the people who are Ill. saying this are the people who need to sit down and listen to some classical music the, the most serious, um, the yeah. They love the idea of erasing Eurocentric history, uh, which is funny because they're at Oxford, right? Well, I mean, that's what we see when they're inviting freaking Danielle Bergoli to speak at Oxford Union. They don't care about the institutions that got them where they are, that gave them the prestige they have. They want to tear them down from the inside out. So, I mean, I just wonder... (laughs) Uh, what Kate Blanchett thought about playing this character who would say something like this and how she interpreted it. And I wonder, like, oh, what are you the, pointing to this? The Kristen Bell this picture. Kristen Bell. Yeah. yeah, Kristen Bell took a selfie reading The Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan by Haidt. Jonathan Haidt. Yep. And people uh, had a lot of opinions about that, too. Which is funny because Jonathan Haidt is a very, very, like, whatever you want to think about it, like, he's a very nuanced character that's uh-huh. not, that I don't think of as, he's absolutely heterodox. Like, I don't think of him as, like, a particularly leaning any which way, but other than sure. just saying our culture is screwed right now because social media is destroying our brains. Sure, and we're <laughs> uh, we're going to talk more about that later yeah. anyway. But I just wonder, like, what would, thank, Maybe you, that's thank a, you. It's all messed up. <laughs> I don't know if that was a real crisis party or what's going on, but thank you anyway. We love you I know guys. you guys are super chatting. I love you guys. Um, but I wonder what Kate Blanchett would have to say to Morphid Clark, who has taken up the role of Galadriel yeah. in Rings of Power. And we're about to talk about that right now. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose the cast members of Rings of Power are going through the stages of grief for the potential that this series had and the fact that it completely died in public consciousness and no one cares about it anymore. So now they're in the stage of anger and it seems like they're stuck there and they're just angry at the fan base. They're angry at people who liked the Peter Jackson films but not the series, even though Peter Jackson had nothing to do with the series and they completely shut him out of the project. Uh, I'm going to go through a little bit. We're going to go through a little bit from each person because they got yeah. literally, it's literally a cope list. So they, we're gonna, they're like somehow in a, like a group chat in cahoots on yeah. like new creative ways to hate the fans. So Ishmael, and it's getting really old. Yeah. Ishmael Cruz Cordova, who played Aaron Deer, Sophia Namvidi, who played Princess Disa and Cynthia Adai Robinson, uh, who is Queen Muriel Regent. We're going to uh, Queen uh, Regent Muriel. We're going to go through a little bit from each one. So Cruz says the fact that the attention was shifted towards the shows you shows you what the power of the show like the, a show like this is. The fact that it hit that nerve and that our being in it created such a response response just brings attention to the greatness of fantasy, the greatness of Lord of the Rings and why it's actually good that we are here. I actually think there's a fair bit in the middle about the importance of the of fantasy, though I think he's kind of weirdly. No, like, because they already pointed out yeah. that they think the entire fantasy genre is yeah. tainted by With the ra- fans who ruin it for everyone by being racist homophobes. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, where's the evidence? Here's though? the here's the second part. He says, did it become a bit too much? Absolutely. It's taken airtime from the depth of who we are as artists, but it's uh, from the depth of who we are as artists. Which I don't know what that means. Like nobody, when I watch oh a project, don't I don't care who Tolkien's you are. As an, work means. I also don't care who you are. I, I mean, no disrespect, but I don't really care who you are as an artist. I care that you do the, your job well as an mm-hmm. actor. 
Yeah, I don't really care what Rings of Power says about you. Uh, our culture. Yeah. I don't care what it says about the showrunners yeah. or what it says about the actors and actresses playing characters in it. I care about whether it's enjoyable to watch. And it was a snooze fest start to finish. It says, but it just shows you where we are in the world and how much work we still have to do. Remember, in the in the world of progressivism, it's never enough and there's always more that needs to They're be They're constantly done. Yeah. excavating. They're basically like excavating J.R.R. Tolkien's dead body from the yeah. ground and like defiling his body and his body of work really they don't understand what lord of the rings meant to people and that's why they're so disrespectful to the fan base there's a linguistic part here at the end that i think is really funny he says i'm just grateful that uh, that it's us who are able to recalibrate break form reshape and make history oh, no what you want to do is reshape what are you even talking about you want to, no no i think that's it's he's not they're not making history they're reshaping history and those are very different things Right, it's not creative, yeah. it's destructive. Exactly. Di Robinson shared her thoughts. She says, in order to not have such an impact, the pendulum had to, has to swing. We are right in the middle of that process. We just want to normalize. We, <laughs> we do what? have to discuss it because we are now in a space in society where uh, we need to now and again acknowledge exactly what is happening. The problem with what? that... Is, the F does any of this yeah. mean? The problem with that is that nobody has a problem with with the in with the inclusion of other races. They felt that it was done haphazardly and that every nation looked like I think they forget, if you remember, like the West here, America in particular, is rare in the fact that it is a cultural melting pot, meaning that there's a lot of different groups that are all side by side which is how they were portrayed in the show a bunch of different groups that were all side by side when in the real world that's not what it would actually look like because of how uh exploration works and because this is a prequel yeah. series Do you mean like cert only like certain parts of america are more diverse in that sense well no i'm saying that in america you're if you go into a big city you're going to see people of all different demographics in right. one place and these places were portrayed like that in the show and that's not what it would have actually been like based on the lore that they were Show. Yeah, the lore was that these nations were very starkly yeah. distinct from each other. Yeah. And then because this is a prequel series chronologically, they're implying that some horrible genocidal event uh, divided all of the races before Peter Jackson's films were made, where all of the nations were racially homogenous. distinct and homogenous. Yeah. So fans are are just like this doesn't it's make that much sense yeah and it feels it for forced. it's forced yeah yeah so it says the level of uh, of distraction or aggression that was put towards us it's been a painful journey to get there but it has elevated us it has put us in a position where there will be a plaque one day where the pendulum is swung to where it needs to be i want you to tell me the answer to what it needs to be what does that mean is there an end goal? Is there some type of actual conclusionary position that we're going to be in? It's just that to, actually to keep making progress. Yes. To keep doing work. But that's the problem. To be there where is, we need to be. There's never an end goal, right? So this is when we get to where we need to be. And then if you ask them, like, could you actually spell out for me what that means? They're going to either give you, A, a platitude that they'll put on a sign that they will stand outside of the front of the Supreme Court with, or they will give you, or they will dance around the question because there's no answer. No, I think that there is an answer. Um, but it's not one that they're not going to say out loud because oh, yeah. it's extremely violent <laughs> and uh, hateful, and it's exactly everything they accuse us of being. Yeah, it's 
when there will be no more straight white male cis characters in entertainment any longer. They yep. will be systemic, systematically wiped out from media. That is the end goal. Luckily, you'll still be around. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got the pass because I'm female. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's like, that's the end goal. And if you ask them that what it is, they'll never actually say that. But from all vile. of their actions, you can tell that's what it means. See, I, and I the goalposts are always shifting. Then I wonder this so much. I wonder how many of those people, is there a percentage of those people that actually believe that? And the rest of them, are they just like kind of idealistic, useful idiots that haven't put enough thought into it to understand that that's what the more uh, nefarious people pushing these agendas actually want? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That they're just good. They're just like, I just want everyone to get along and I want everyone to be happy and I want kumbaya. And they lot, don't understand that Yeah, a lot of people aren't intelligent enough to take this you know, to its proper conclusion. And as we know, actors are not people you should be uh, lauding for their intelligence or their ability to have critical thinking skills. No, and that's fine, but that's not... That's it's not, not their your job. job. It's not their but job. You're exactly. Standing at the pulpit, preaching to us as if you have any right to do so. Yep. So, so Sophia Nemviti, who, by the way, was one of one of the characters I liked the most. Uh, she played though, Muriel. She, by no, the she, way. no, she played uh, Disa. Oh, really? So, uh, it was Cynthia. okay. So I thought that Disa um, was actually not featured in the show nearly as much as we thought she was going to be, <laughs> based the on the fact that she was she was pushed heavily in the promotion and the marketing before the show came out like you would have thought she would be featured in every single episode the way that they pushed her to the front and it's actually kind of insulting yeah oh yeah they're like they're because like, they're like body look diverse. at our token black woman character body diverse oh yeah in look at our diverse. fat positivity as well she like, said it not me no no like let's point it out because body it's positivity. it's them who are like insulting her. Oh my gosh, this this quote is really condescending. I feel that there has been a shutdown. I've even had apologies, which I love. That was the part that ah, bothered You me. are sick in the head. Yeah. Even if it were just one person acknowledging that frame of mind was wrong. Dude, no one owes you an apology for the way that the Lord of the Rings films were handled. Yeah. Like you were not even remotely involved in that and people loved those that series people do not love the series you are in so you did not prove yourself at all if anything you need to prove yourself worthy of this franchise the the fan base does not need to prove themselves to you are they saying that she that she was given an apology because of the original she's, movies or because of no, how no, no. she was she's treated? received apologies for the way that this genre, I, that's what I'm interpreting, the way that this genre has treated diverse cast members. I thought they were saying that they were, she was getting, I took it even worse. I thought she was saying that she did such a good job in her role that people who thought she couldn't do the job then apologized to her because she did such a great job in the show, which as we know, even if I liked her, she wasn't even in it that much. Oh my gosh. The, the costuming for her was um, abysmal, yeah. by the way. Like, if you look at this picture... She looks like she is wearing like a sack or like a bed sheet or a curtain or yeah. something. 
And then they put a beehive on her head with glitter. And then the color contacts they have her wearing the entire series are extremely disturbing. I didn't want to look at her eyes the entire time she was on. I don't believe that they're saying that uh, they deserve to be there and should be there and that nobody else could have played that role. You could have dropped any number of people into those oh roles because gosh. there was... Because you're all nobodies. Yes. There, there was I no don't know how you spent a billion dollars on this show and cast nobodies who, who thought that this was going to be their breakout project. And no one, I mean, I no one of, liked it. I Cynthia Adai Robinson, I knew uh, from several things, and she's actually a, a really good actress. But like I said, I thought that this was worse for Let's her. Let's talk about the average audience member. They haven't heard of any of these people. I, I'm just saying that they I don't recognize th- any of them. I haven't heard of any of these people. Yeah, I actually thought it did her a disservice because she did well on roles that didn't need to be of that uh, of that franchise level that was clearly pandering downwards. Mm. So I hadn't seen her in anything before. So, but the average the average viewer has not seen any of these cast members before. Nope. To just like be real about it, like they cast nobodies despite having the money to have at least a couple of familiar faces. Yeah. I this seems all like a money laundering scheme to me. Well, maybe it is. That'd be cool. I genuinely think it might be a way to like avoid taxes like, for Amazon Prime. It's, it's <laughs> like uh it's like them and, and uh, <laughs> Like they're trying to get this as a tax write off, right? A fantastic that's a fantastic I, idea. Uh, especially after Tell me I'm wrong <laughs> um, It just it, it feels like there's a certain level of um, Entitlement to like To be owed an apology Like that you believe that right. you're entitled To, also like, that to you, say that I've been given apologies Which, which I, I love, love. Like, like that is obscene. Oh you are mentally ill yeah, That's obscene <laughs> to be like, You shouldn't want to love that Saying the quiet part out loud you And, and want it's not like these are people She knows These are just viewers Yeah, yeah. It, What's it matter? Also, also just the way that they're framing it as if like what they've incur, uh, what they've uh, had to deal with is some kind of huge undertaking when it's really just people being mean to them on the internet. In which case, just close your computer, just turn your phone off. Man, I love when Sorry. people are mean to me on the internet. Some some people I learn like to it. some people learn to like uh, embrace the fire. I was mm-hmm. raised in the streets, internet speaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Super Chats. Joseph said, I didn't stop watching MCU for woke nonsense. It's, uh, and then he, he sent a, an emoji that was like the, the snoring emoji. Uh, Yesh said, pee pee poo poo, doo doo beep bop. That is all. I wonder what that means. Is that like a okay. hybrid? <laughs> Thousand foot deep end said uh theory the purpose of the woke chick telling white people not to see wakanda forever opening weekend was a subtle ploy to turn white people off from the movie entirely thus proving they're racist thoughts it yeah it's all just traps that you're meant to fall into for listening to them i I don't know like that that girl looked like she believed every word of what she was saying (laughs) to me i mean the glasses did it for me in that in that clip that did was, they do it for you or no, did they do it for you? No, I'm saying you? They, that it proved that she was like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, like the, 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 the glasses proved it to me. Hobbit said, PCC is so diverse. I don't know any other show that has ghost girls hosting them. Very progressive. Yeah, I'm a whole different, uh, I'm on a whole different realm of, of Ectoplasmic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's got diversity like this. Yes. <laughs> Waffle Sensei said, uh, shame kinking and racial segregation, welcome to the new world, is a simp wonderland <laughs> Hashtag badapp likes the shame kink. Like at this point, you have to wonder, like, why are you going to Marvel movies that just like f- cause you to feel guilty for existing? 
I mean, like, I, it's just self-flagellation for a lot of these people, I swear. But that is also a lot of, like, we're looking at it from the, the, the perspective of people who are kind of paying close attention to the culture war. Not everyone's You don't need to that. pay close attention to realize that the black character is calling the white character a colonizer. I, I, it's right there in the open in your face. I just don't know if the average person who gives more people the benefit of the doubt would say, like, oh, it was clearly a joke. I mean, even if it was a joke, which I recognize it yeah. was a joke. Yeah. There is a purpose behind the, and the inclusion the, of that joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's belittlement. It's division. Someone said, uh, okay, who is this person? I need to stop watching YouTube. Said, many people are profoundly, hatefully jelly of white people. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't speak to what their intentions are, but I'm sure some of them are. Luis Aguilar said, PCC guest uh, recommendation. Richard Ratboy of... Fleca's talks pod okay so we we'll, have to look we'll into that. take a note of that rob morgan said marvel is on the woke merry-go-round america chavez had two moms and just needed a father figure support and wokanda forever had a border invasion um yeah wakanda forever is kind of paradoxically pro-wall huh yeah well the first <laughs> one was as well yeah P potatoes for seamus said remember if you say Cheeky, wait, cheeky, cheeky Mary. Mary, three times, Ghost Girl will come out and push carts all over a busy parking lot. Also, hi, Taylor, how you doing? Hi. Well, the, the, real, que the real question is, would you also do it if it wasn't a busy parking lot? That, that's ideal, right? No one to catch you? Perfect. Jimmy Shelley said, uh, woke are turning soups into, like superheroes, not mm. soups, into a secular pantheon. Mm. Very true. The uh, yeah, and it is sad because I, I do think uh, what was the one we were talking about the other day where you said I don't know if that is necessarily woke because they swapped something out. What were we talking about that day? Oh, um, um <laughs> I I have no memory of things we talk was, about after the uh, day it happens. But what, it was something very it's specific where, where I said it didn't feel like uh, um, I, I, and I said it was absolutely because just the fact that they swapped it out for somebody that was. Was it like switching out a male character for a female character in yeah. like something specific? Yeah. What was it? I don't remember. <laughs> We're brain dead right now. Uh, Too it's many been problems. a hard week, Too okay? Many, it's been a rough week, guys. Big Anybody Dave, in the chat remember? <laughs> yeah. Big Dave sent us 99 cents without a message. Thank you. Big Dave is very, is very he's much a strong, si he's a strong silent, silent type. <laughs> type. He never says anything. Christopher Milionte said, Lies, Brett, you would go see all the Fast movies. Why it's would, true. Why, why is that? You list? have franchise loyalty. You're an advocate. Never mind. You're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> that that is a fair point. I will say, however, that if they make the Fast and the Furious Girl Boss edition, I will not be going to see that. Isn't that happening no. officially? No. Or was that just a rumor? that was that was like they're 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 still put pitching that uh, idea. Okay. And I will not go see that just because I mean, they, it's inherently political. And Brie divisive. Larson is in the next one, so I'm still I'm still figuring out how I'm gonna. I'll bring a barf bag. It'll be okay, fine. Cool. <laughs> Johnny Derp said Mary woke up too soon. The nightmare continues. After leaving the empty store, she waltzes into the parking lot to be accosted by sentient <gasps> carts. See, yeah, that's the real question. It's like, no. you're inside a store no, I was that's at, causing... No, like, I was at a mall, so uh, no shopping carts. No shopping carts at no, the mall. None to be seen. Thousand Foot Deep End said, I wasn't allowed to have Bratz dolls, but I didn't like how they looked anyway. Barbies all the way. LOL. I had both, but I liked Bratz dolls more. And I think that maybe Bratz dolls are partly to blame for like 
the brand of Instagram baddie that we See, are contending with Alabama today. Barker. Or the over John Liner. <laughs> Alabama Barker. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was in the there. She was in the news again recently, and everything involving her just creeps me out. Who's that? She's Travis Barker's daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Caper Two X said, "Dear Mary, I am six. <laughs> this is like a, a letter. I'm 66. I had been a Marvel fan since the 1960s. That also gives me greater tolerance to today, today's mismanagement until it changes. <laughs> I, it, I wouldn't count on it changing. Well, though. what he says, like they've been through, they've had their ups and downs through various generations and ages before. So he's got not more, like this. He's though. got more, no. He's got more perspective that time eventually, you know, the pendulum always swings back the other way, and it'll eventually it'll catch back on and hopefully fix itself. That may be harder to do now that it's part of a big corporation like Disney, and it wasn't always owned by a company like Disney, but. I don't think that we've seen times such as this. Is that such a crazy thing to say? Uh, I mean, I've had, I asked my dad about that. I was like, was it uh, ever this bad culturally Ask before? Ask any one of older but, generations. They will say it's not rose-colored glasses. Things were different. Things were better and more sane. That's I don't know, true. I don't know if that's true or if it's just that social media no. makes you acutely no, 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 aware no. of all of the insanity that was always there. You were it's just disconnected both. from it. It's both, but it was truly better before like i, I know it even within our lifetimes we i it's feel like it was palpable, better yeah 10, i'm just saying that it's worth it but it's worth it to, un to wonder whether if it was like that now i do believe that there's a lot of cultural instability and a lack of kind of connection between value systems here in america now but i think a lot of that also has to do with that you're you're coming into contact with people that are vastly different than you on a regular basis online and that's where a lot of this comes from in your everyday life before all of this was going on you'd go to work you'd go and hang out with your friends all of who you shared values or some type of shared activity you had something that bound you together now you're regularly interacting with a bunch of people where you in which you have nothing that binds you together and you're doing that on a regular basis which nobody would have been subjected to before yeah which also makes reality different that's what mm -hmm. i'm saying it's like this is a point of no return We'll see. Uh, I do believe the on a lot of. In a lot I'll of be cases, happy the, to be proven wrong about the that. The internet was obviously. a mistake. <laughs> Joseph said, "Quote: Social media dictates your identity." Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something unambiguously true about that rant. Yeah. Well, I think for especially people who grew up on social media, that can be true. And I liked they they had that younger character like bouncing his leg anxiously. Yeah. Like, you can see that he's out of, uh, he's like a fish out of water. Like, he doesn't understand how to have an intellectually sophisticated conversation with someone of an older generation. Yeah. Thousand Foot Deep End said, I watched a video covering this today. They said the character's unchecked ego leads her to downfall. And it crossed my mind this could be construed as she's wrong in being seemingly anti-woke. Yeah, like, I, I understand that it's not, necessarily an endorsement of what she said yeah. that she said it but i think they accidentally uh made a good point without, they, yeah they yeah. accidentally made a good point even if they intended it to seem ignorant also a lot of times people that argument was so rational i don't understand where in which point you don't in which that is ignorant like her argument yeah. is basically like would you rather be judged on how you look or on the skill level in which you portray your art 
Yeah, and, and and the student didn't rebut her at all. No, he just he, he did, just he did what they do. Misogynist insult at her yeah. and walked away. Yeah, that's usually which how is it usually goes true for like the, the male crowd. feminist it's, crowd. That's every like, PragerU video ever. Oh yeah, male feminists like hate women more than anyone. Tell me about it. You should see my messages. <laughs> it's crazy. It'll be like some dude with his wife and like a baby on his Instagram, and then the message I have is horrendous like yeah. i can't even i can't like, even say the thing when i was here. on twitter in like 2016 some random male feminist i remember this so like clear as day tweeted me saying um you've like he didn't know that i was in high school and not voting age yet but he was like you voted for a man who has never cared about women in his life you worthless <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> showing your true colors, sexist, misogynistic, uh, yeah. slurs. I think a lot of that is just in the name of dissonance. women's rights. Yeah, it's like we're gonna get you guys equal rights if you like it or not. And he said, "Like all my role models are women, you stupid beep." Like. Okay, (laughs) moving on. That was like, that was going on a lot. There's the women like that, though, who don't seem to recognize they're attacking other women who are literally standing up for things that will benefit them. He was just attacking me on the basis that he thought I was a Trump voter, which I, at that point, literally was not. That, I mean, that's how you weren't even a voter yet, were you? Yeah, I was like 15. The, that um, that that was funny. That was like happening during COVID, where people were like, "If COVID's taught us one thing, it's that we need female leaders in charge." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what does that mean?" <laughs> like, Bruh. okay, fine, but like, tell me why. <laughs> yeah, how do you draw that? It, that in fact, it it proves the opposite. But I won't get into no. that right now. Chubbs is farming. Said Brett the gaslighter. How dare you cut off the Brett stock? Us men might have actually learned something about women. Oh, uh, guys. Finish your discussion. I mean, I, I hoped you guys learned something from that. I, I certainly didn't. Waffles Sensei <laughs> said, on behalf of all uh, naughty talking based humans on the internet, I apologize to the not very notable woke legion. Now set my people free. JK F off. Who are the people and why do they need to be set free? Ugh, I, I didn't follow well. Uh, Bad app said playground rules. Mary is mean because she has a crush on me. Do they even do recess anymore? Is recess still a thing? I don't know. It's what? been a while. They don't since have recess in, in school. school anymore. I remember some schools were talking about getting rid of recess. They, do they all have to wear plastic bubbles and Probably. stay apart from each other? Probably. Actually, this total side note. Um, when I was in Israel, there was one day we were walking through the park and we saw there was a kid's birthday party being organized. Mm-hmm. And what they had done was got those big plastic balls that you get into and run oh, around no. and like bounce each other. It, just a whole bunch of kids doing this. It was amazing. I mean, I hope they were having fun, but I also mm-hmm. hope it wasn't just a COVID measure. <laughs> no, no. It was just like parents oh, were like, okay. how are we going to keep 12 kids distracted for three okay. hours having yeah. fun and wear them out? And it was awesome. You. Have you ever seen the like, video? I would do that for an adult birthday party. <laughs> Have you ever seen the video where it says like me at my dream job and it's a guy, it's a, it's a bunch of kids in an ice rink in a, in a dad on the ice rink with a ball with like a, a beach ball and he's just mm-hmm. kicking it, knocking kids over. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like that guy at the ice rink who just like sh- throws the shade like ice on people yes. like with, oh. with his skates or the ones where like, like shoves it onto yeah. somebody's riding away from I landing hate. a trick on a skateboard and they like scoop up a little kid 
yeah. gets in their way and just take them with them. <laughs> Happens at skate parks regularly. Yeah. Because kids just walk in the middle of the park because their parents use think skate parks are just playgrounds uh, or uh, a place to leave their kids. It's a free daycare. Yeah, basically. Probably some dangerous people there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It depends oh, on the time I of day saw, I saw and, and like where you are. At the new skate park we checked out, yeah. I went back there last weekend and there was like a crazy guy on drugs screaming at all the skaters Ugh. like oh, you you're not even a good skater you don't even skate for you and i love it i was like why I'm like how about you try it why dude? is there always a guy like this here and why is everybody okay with it <laughs> maybe I, they're not okay with it we can't exactly do anything about it can't do anything about it well somebody was like mike you got to get back on the meds <laughs> and he finally left but well, that, i've a, seen this oh. so many times to the the, nut, the nutty person at the skate park is absolutely a trope of the of the location, <laughs> but it's like uh, you kind of get used to it after a period. Of, I just, I always skate skate parks with my headphones on, so I just, maybe I I'm just hanging out know. with the wrong <laughs> skate. This like, guy's just accosting you from the sidelines. You have no what? idea. Yeah, but like, why what? why do they have to put like a really good bowl? in an area that there's going to be sketchy people wandering around. Because it's cheaper around. to get that real estate. Probably. Hobbit said the Rings of Power crew could learn from Big Dave. Yes, so bro. true. Shut up. <laughs> but we'd be open to hearing from Big Dave if he ever wants to talk. I wonder if Big Dave just, uh, <laughs> he has a lot, like one day he's going to like write a really long one, like max the He's going to go out. off. Yeah. yeah. Bobcat said, oh, hey, it's the lovely ladies. It's a good day. <laughs> Yeah, it's us. That's uh, that's why we have him around, guys. He's talking about you, Brett. No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, is that me? I, I'm I am multiples. That's amazing. Oh, well. <laughs> Raymond that's G. Stanley Jr. said, "The self-flagellation and narcissism of these Hollywood nobodies is next level. Hearing them think of themselves as world changers gives me a headache." I do wonder. Agree. I, I do wonder, though. I will be fair. I do wonder if, like. The format of the interview kind of inspires you to act like that, to behave that way, to talk that way. Like, I don't imagine most of them talk that way in their everyday lives. But when you're getting all of the press and this reporters gassing you up and making you feel like you're the greatest thing that ever happened in the world, and you feel like waxing poetic about all your struggles. And remember, we've talked a lot of times about how the reporters lead the questions anyways. Mm -hmm. And no, because they're manipulative pieces of garbage. Uh, the reporters, uh, that they want to get them to these answers because they know what they want to write in these articles. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I, I do try to take all of it with a grain of salt. Waffle Sensei said, uh, Bree, just remember when you had to go find your friend Tommy from elementary to give you the cheat codes book from GameStop so you could memorize the codes for a game. Tell me those days weren't better. <laughs> I did see a thing the other day where a guy, like it could have been staged, it could have not been staged, but a guy goes like, I just found my old wallet from like from like junior high and he opens it up and it's got all of the finishing moves from Mortal Kombat 1 <laughs> in it, written on a piece of paper folded in like the pocket. That's funny. That's you, nostalgia. Fun fact, did you know I, in my lifetime when I was younger, uh, I lost my wallet seven times and it got returned to me all seven times. Like, like before oh yeah, I, you mentioned that. Like, it went, at one point got mailed back to me <clears throat> from Detroit with IOUs for what they spent the money on. Uh, it was like strip club, strip club, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, strip club, strip club. Um, it was because it was that's I, cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was better. Like, I do consider that if you lose your wallet, you don't 
get your cash back. You shouldn't expect to get your cash back. That's your moron. Yeah, you That's, shouldn't expect it, but it would be ethical the, to return it with the, the money. The moron tax is that you, uh, you just like the, the I don't expect the cash to be in there, but that was when I was much younger. I have not lost my wallet in many, many years, but uh, my dad had to teach me hard lessons, both about my glasses breaking and losing stuff. When I was a kid. That's why I don't carry mm-hmm. cash at all anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Karen Noth said, Brett, I'm 39. I've used the net since I was 10. With dial-up bulletin board systems, it's worse. Mary sees it and she's younger. I think you're too optimistic. Perhaps. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that, though. I, you I don't, don't have I'm, a problem with the fact that everything sucks now? No, I don't have a problem <laughs> with being too optimistic. Oh, uh, oh. I, I don't have a problem with at least... Uh, using that better type for of, your mental. I use it as a bulwark against the doomerism that tends to creep into me naturally. So mm-hmm. if anything, it's it's a it wages war against my desire to be naturally pessimistic. But I think mm-hmm. giving everyone uh, giving everything the benefit of the doubt when I interpret it is the best way to look at the world for me because it keeps me from kind of falling further into that really negative mindset. I mm. like your optimism. <laughs> it's like as the as the as somebody stabs you in the back. It's like I don't think they meant to stab me. I think they were looking to just tap me on the shoulder, and the knife just appeared in their hand. Probably very possible. Not Alan Rogers said. Us and our parents grew up consuming pop culture already dominated by communists. At least they're overt about messaging now. I don't think it's always been dominated by communists because think about like. When Hollywood used to be run by anti-communists and that anti-communist propaganda was extremely prevalent in in films like there's always been political messaging in Hollywood. It just hasn't always touted the same opinion. I also think that it just has to do with the caliber of writers like that. We yeah. just don't have as good a writers anymore. Maybe maybe the, they're dumbed maybe, down. The writers back then were just as progressive as they are now, but they understood nuance better and storytelling better today's Mm -hmm. directors uh today's writers in hollywood grew up watching movies whereas the writers of ages past grew up reading books and writing stories i think that's inherent difference yeah uh bad app said how did you have brats but couldn't watch (laughs) disney no it was the same situation so like i was partially not allowed to watch disney i wasn't allowed to watch Uh, like the princess movies or any of those like animated movies. But weirdly enough, I was allowed to watch the Disney original movies and I was allowed to watch Disney Channel, like uh, the shows. So it was like a half-hearted, like, no, no, not Disney. But I was allowed to watch Disney. So guys, And then with the Bratz doll, I just had to beg for it enough. I I think in my case, it was a case of um, getting away with more with the grandparents. (laughs) Uh, You know? You know who to ask for mm-hmm. what. I liked American Girl dolls too. A lot. I never had American Girl dolls, and all my friends them. did, and I was jealous. And I just decided that I was gonna not like them. One minute to one hour and eighteen minutes. Just a heads done, up. Done. We, done. We are. We're feeling uh, the pressure again. Also, I think today it'll be okay. Somebody, I think. Uh, Somebody is talking about the skate park I was talking about. Somebody must have spotted me at the skate park. Ah, mm. cool. Uh, Interesting. Anybody place their bets? Do we Are we okay today at 118? Yeah. Yeah. Place your bets now. Wait, what are we Man- at? Man- two minutes away. Mantufel, I don't know how to say that, uh, said, I'm old and decrepit, and you three are correct. Our interactions were based on physical and verbal at all times, better world. Yeah, you just, there was a, uh, it was much easier to read body language and to understand the context of what someone was saying. <laughs> we're naturally inclined to look at everything online as sarcastic or confrontational now. I think and- people, like how she said in that scene, 
are kind of looking to be offended. Yeah. Oh, well, mm-hmm. and looking Sometimes for confrontation. Too. And may- maybe that's like, I Because we're I'm deprived not... of it, maybe. I-, I have no idea. In the real world? People yeah. just like to fight. We're deprived of real world confrontations, so we look for it on the internet, and it's a cheap imitation. You just got to go to a skate park with a meth head. You'll be <laughs> Honestly, confronted. Honestly, that's all you need to do. If you need some confrontation <laughs> I don't know if I'm life. ready to throw down, though. We have, we have made <laughs> it. I don't have performance enhancements like that. We have made it to, to one hour and 18 minutes and 20 seconds. We're okay so far. So. We're so good. Far. All right. We're still I, 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 on. Still I, I, fingers crossed. <laughs> hey, you were just, just talking about bag, how op- even though you're optimistic, Mister Optimism over just here. Just take a take a bag of chips, start like crinkling it in front of the mic where everyone can see you doing it, and just cut the stream. Uh, Big Dave sent us a little thinking emoji. Thank you, Big Dave. That's kind of funny. He's getting closer. <laughs> that's, to that's a step. Come closer on, you're opening to a up. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, Bad App said, my future in-laws have a strange moral compass. What is the, what is that? Is it pointed uh, in the right direction? Uh, I, I can't say that they're not your future in-laws. Oh. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what, what that, what your story about Disney tells me is like, parent, guys, if you're a parent, there is no roadmap. You just do what works and, mm-hmm. and hopefully it all works out for the best. Yeah. Like I was friends with all the people who couldn't watch Disney and SpongeBob. All right, guys, we're moving on. We got a bunch of uh, little topics in this first one with Taylor Swift's mm-hmm. very interesting. So as you guys know, there was an absolute uproar when tickets, uh, Ticketmaster basically crashed because Taylor yeah. Swift is uh, apparently the biggest draw in the world right now. And right now, resale tickets have started to hit $20,000. I think you said that you saw them Ooh. for $21,000. No, more than that. More? I've seen uh, the cheapest possible tickets for Taylor's concert are like nearing four hundred dollars in the nosebleeds. Sometimes up she is to tall enough that you'd be able to like see her approaching for $400. like a thousand dollars for nosebleed, and then at the good parts, uh, like at the the ground level seats, they're like twenty over twenty two thousand dollars. And you know that this part of why this has happened is that Ticketmaster has secured a complete monopoly yeah. on selling these seats because they did a merger with Live Nation, with Live which Nation, used yeah. to be used to be their biggest competitor company. So they did this merger and now they're completely in charge and people have to pay the same price for tickets that ticket brokers were paying before. And also, like, in the post-COVID world for, like, live entertainment, this is really not a good sign. And a lot of people were angry at Taylor Swift for staying silent as this was happening because people who got codes for pre-sale tickets tried to use their codes and were booted off of the site and didn't get to, to buy them when they thought they would be able to. So now they're stuck with these huge resale inflated prices so taylor swift has finally broken her silence on the matter and she came out and spoke on this in on social media uh because her fans were really furious at her uh she said hold on oh what's going on that was annoying you're good (laughs) she said it goes without saying that i'm extremely protective of my fans we've been doing this for decades together and over the years i've brought so many elements of my career in-house I've done this specifically to improve the quality of my fans' experience by doing it myself with my team who cares as much about my fans as I do. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties, and it's excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. 
There are a multiple, multitude of reasons why people had such a hard time trying to get tickets, and I'm trying to figure out how the situation can be improved. I'm not going to make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand, and we were assured they could. It's truly amazing that 2.4 million people got tickets, but it really pisses me off that a lot of them feel like they went through several bear attacks to get them. And I think I heard a number like 14 million people were waiting for the site yeah. and only 2.4 million, I suppose, of those people got to buy tickets who thought they would be able to. And her answer is basically like, I'm just going to do more shows. She said, to those who didn't get tickets, all I can say is my hope is to provide more opportunities for us to get together. And I want to say this. In an age where uh, Sean Mendez and Harry Styles and Justin Bieber, not Harry Styles, but Justin Bieber and Sean Mendez are like, I can't do this concert anymore. I'm not feeling well. And Taylor Swift's like, I'm going to do she's more shows. Yeah. She's just like, she's like, uh, she's <laughs> putting both of those guys to shame with her uh, inability to seemingly take a day off. So props to her for that. Yeah. So. A lot of fans are still mad on Twitter because her statement was kind of nebulous and didn't provide solutions. This one said, I can't support you celebrating your Grammy nominations and continuing to release remixes that fans are forced to buy while you stay silent on the Ticketmaster disaster. That's so, not her job to solve well, no, no, that no. problem. <laughs> Here's, no, it is actually. Here's why. She's the only person who has the leverage over this industry to change the situation. Well, she can change And here's her, how she could. The, okay. Back in 2014, she was releasing her album 1989, and she actually used a re the release of that album to change the music industry in the I streaming world. She took off her entire discography from Spotify because she said that the royalties musicians get from people streaming off of the ad-supported tier of Spotify back then it minuscule. The, the, the royalties were minuscule compared to the royalties they received from premium members on Spotify streaming their music. So she removed her entire discography from the platform. And then uh, she did the same thing criticizing Apple Music in 2015 because they didn't offer the same royalties to artists uh, for their for their own, uh, you know, free trial period that they did for. Uh, people before they got memberships do you know so she if removed or she she said that she was going to remove her album 1989 from her catalog on apple music was if they didn't change it and then the following day they changed the way that they pay artists based on the free trial users would would that was that when the album was new yes so it was not an old release at that time it wasn't no yeah it was from her okay 2014 album okay. and the in the, and the and controversy then, happened in 2014 around the time the album came i'm only asking that because i'm saying the like, spotify controversy happened around the time of 1989 in 2015 she made that open letter to, to apple music so how long it had been how long had it been it was out less than a time? year okay i'm saying that this album is how old which album the one that just 1989 came out or the, no the one that midnight's. just came out midnight is like a month old a month old i don't know if she's going to be so willing to pull it no 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 she can't what I'm saying is I it's, the that, same, yeah, it's, it's the same business yeah. maneuvering that she's capable of doing because yeah. she's such an industry power player. How would they do that in this case then? I asked. What she's, I mean, she proposed the fact that, you know, she's taken so many of her operations in-house. Mm -hmm. She herself is a business and she employs thousands of people. And if she wanted to independently sell her tickets, she absolutely could do that. But t she's decided to outsource this service to Ticketmaster, 
even though they hold a monopoly over that industry. Yeah. So she's being criticized primarily because she's on the side of a mega corporation instead of for her fans. It says members of the antitrust division of the Department of Justice have in recent months contacted music venues and players in the ticket market asking about Live Nation's practices uh, and the wider dynamics of the industry. This has started, this probe started before this happened. So they were already under investigation by the Justice Department. Yeah, I think that the attorney general of Tennessee is currently investigating Ticketmaster for antitrust violations. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, that makes sense. They took over. I'm surprised it didn't happen to like WWE when they bought WCW back in the 90s. It's just back like in the late 90s. when oh. you could go the route of the government breaking up a monopoly, it's always easier if you have some ethical entrepreneur involved in the in the process to do it for them. She could also right? keep more of the money if she did it herself. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I really don't understand the the angle here. And her statement was just a nothing burger. But is this happening? It didn't offer solutions to the millions of people who were waiting to buy tickets that day and were screwed out of the opportunity. It also speaks, though, to the speed of, co- of conversation now digitally, meaning like that might be in the works. For all we know, she could be in that process of working through it. But she had other announcements that needed to be made first that just couldn't wait. Whether well, well, mainly it's it's people thought that she didn't have the foresight to to fix this issue before it became one yeah okay so and now i'm i'm just thinking like getting tickets to one of these concerts is going to become like uh, a status indicator yeah. more than anything because you're paying hundreds of dollars close to a thousand dollars probably if you include your travel expenses as well to not see Taylor Swift from close like, like close to not see Taylor Swift in person yeah. like you're paying money to be in the same building as Taylor Swift for a few hours I suppose there would only be a couple of musicians of that uh, of that size that could afford to be their own Ticketmaster I was gonna ask is this something that's happening with Ticketmaster with other events and we just know about this one because Taylor Swift has a huge this really kicked off the controversy because she hasn't toured for a long time and a lot of people were really eager to see her so whenever she put her tickets on sale it was gonna be a, a, a gigantic like madhouse yeah. I mean, if she's staying silent it's because she doesn't have an answer yet and it's that it's too. it's not as good of an idea to just speak on it when you don't actually have a concrete answer to give right sure. people are I actually mean, buying these tickets for this much yes oh and that's why gosh. i'm i am like shocked because at, while we're in a recession yeah this is turning but, into an, a club, a special club for like elites who can to, basically put a down pay, the equivalent of like a down payment on a home to see Taylor Swift in person for like three hours. Take, yeah. take like, notice, Hollywood. Whenever, whenever one of your movies does bad and you're like, well, we're in the post-COVID movie era. No, you're in the I don't make good enough movies for people to watch era because right. Taylor Swift can get people to spend gazillions of dollars to sit a football field away from her and listen I mean, to her <laughs> perform. Essentially... Taylor Swift tickets are not even uh, like physical entities. They are more like crypto. Yeah. Like you buy one of these tickets to resell it for a higher inflated price. Perfect. It's literally like Ethereum or some like insane, like obscure Bitcoin like alternative. They can make, uh, they can make NFT pictures of the ticket to, to go with it. 
insane. Oh, the, the situation is insane. The, so I mean, all the crypto bros, the the FTX guy is like he like buys a bunch. <laughs> he's of He's taking and notes. Them. Seriously, yeah. this right is now. sad though for like all the Taylor Swift fans yeah. who want to just go to a concert that's a special experience, but also accessible for your average person. This is clearly not. Yeah, I mean, and, not the, and the state that the economy is in right now, absolutely, it's like not. a slap in the face. Like I was grocery shopping the other day, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like I'm just like what maybe it's just what I buy, but I'm just now starting to feel the the kind of the crunch of the of the prices of food going up more mm-hmm. so than I was a couple months ago. That's how I feel every time I buy a plane ticket. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why is this double, triple the cost? I remember it being a few years ago. So great during COVID when you could travel for nothing because. <laughs> You know, well, all then, my not trips all during COVID got canceled, open. so I just uh, stacked up flight credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So is that, uh, w- would you go to see a Taylor Swift concert? Uh, you don't strike me as a, as a Swifty. I would time travel back to 2009 Country. and go to a Taylor Swift concert. If someone invited me to one, I would go, but so sit, like, I, it wouldn't really be away. like I'd be waiting on Ticketmaster to I, try to get a I ticket. I would literally never, but we were just like on the show with Hannah Claire live on the yeah, Ticketmaster waiting list oh. with her pre-sale code. And, and she couldn't waiting. refresh the page because she would get booted off the site if she did. Wait, was like, Hannah Claire trying to buy some? Yeah. And oh. she actually was one of the 2.4 million people. She got some. For whom it worked. So oh. I, I don't know. I, apparently, a lot of other people didn't get that well, we'll have to get a review yeah a yes a concert review from hannah claire would yeah be, yeah and i don't know which uh especially if we're not gonna get fast and furious reviews anytime soon <laughs> she said she was just going for nosebleed seats yeah. and depending on the location that you're buying them from they can vary a lot in price but they couldn't have been less than like 350 yeah a pop it's, like it's, they're pretty bad man i wouldn't pay that much for good seats yeah is taylor swift <laughs> a, a cultural uh is she something that can bring us together culturally despite her politics? She seems to... Uh, is she woke? Uh, yeah, I think she's yeah. decidedly not going to unify people. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, uh, clearly people are willing to spend insane amounts of money. I refuse to believe that all 2.4 million of those people see the world the exact same way. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's wrong? Aren't, aren't they all supposed to see the world the same way? Isn't yeah. that the whole woke Oh, oh. Thing. Yeah. Like, Everyone's I, I, supposed I mean, to think alike, and if you disagree, then you're out of the cult. Two point four yeah. million out of how many? They're saying they were supposed to be. Uh, f- I think fourteen million is I, a number I saw. I don't buy that. Fourteen it seems million fake. people like, I, see I, the world the exact same way. I saw a tweet that said, "Like, look, I know Taylor Swift is a big deal, but fourteen million people, though, <laughs> that's a lot of people." Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had a suspicion that this was some kind of PR ploy to inflate the demand. There was a, this, this happened last year, know. right around this time when we were start, we did our first episode here almost a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that was happening is when Spider-Man No Way Home was being marketed, when the, when the tickets went on sale, people were reselling the tickets on eBay for thousands of dollars because the demand was so high to go see that movie. So it was kind of the same thing. So uh, we'll see. I don't see Taylor Swift as culturally uh, uh, somebody that could bring everyone together. I'm just saying that I don't she buy used that. To be. I don't buy that 2.4 million people all see the same. Or 14 million. Yeah, or any of that number. I don't believe anywhere between 2 and 14 million people see the world the exact same way. Like there has to be at least one person in there who's no, like. I, I think she's mainstream enough that it. It I think there's lot. probably people in it strictly for the music. You can go. Sure. You can go to a okay. to a, a a big like rally where there's a bunch of people arguing, and somebody just p- 
puts up a boombox and plays a Taylor Swift song and everybody gets along. How about that? Let's bring people together. No? Uh, eh. Speaking right. of Music. which, yes. <laughs> let's talk about uh, the recent 1975 concerts where Maddie Healy has been doing basically performance art that is very provocative for his woke audience. At least he wasn't charging 20 grand <laughs> per ticket. So, yeah, he wasn't. So prior to Thank performing you. one of his songs, he got up on stage and just said, uh, I don't know how to be a liberal man, so I stopped trying. <laughs> and then Ate what he meat. proceeds to do is eat raw meat and uh, <laughs> smoke cigarettes. And then he gets down on the floor and starts doing push-ups in front of stacked TVs that show a variety of well-known faces, including Putin, Kamala Harris, Mark Zuckerberg, Ben Shapiro, uh, I think also Bored Ape NFTs. Uh, I'm it, I'm gotta be missing it's some. It's so discombobulated. What does that even mean? That's what it. That's kind of what it's I supposed like it. to make you think. It's like, what <laughs> even am I watching like, right an now? Interesting. It's supposed to. Thank of, you. Of thank you guys. There have been a lot of. It's supposed to be today. like jarring because like, you're looking at this indie artist who a lot of his fans think of him as representative of their worldview because they assume like here's this like lanky pale like artistic guy who is probably a male feminist who who toes the line on every issue and yet he's con he's he's presenting this really confusing message to people who don't have the sophistication to in interpret it so um he's received a lot of backlash from fans because they say just the ambiguity of showing ben shapiro on these tv screens alone is well, enough of a transgression against woke ideology without a commentary involved. So, so him okay, just acknowledging the fact that Ben Shapiro <laughs> exists. Okay, Get to that corners. is enough of a transgression against their worldview that they want to cancel him over. I it. love how much power Can you ben believe Shapiro that? has just in being. Like, he was shown on the screen for, I, I can't imagine, more than, like, three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and it triggered enough and people, people that like, his fans are, are mad at him. So he so far hasn't uh, openly commented on it, but he did post a screenshot of this part of the concert on his Instagram where he is in front of the TVs with Ben Shapiro on them doing push-ups. Like and it's sort of a commentary, if anything, on masculinity, masculinity. more than it is on anything uh, overtly political which is them admitting that uh, they're inherently not masculine and right. that just by liking ben shapiro and even or anything him expressing <laughs> discomfort about like how do i how do i embody ma my masculinity in the postmodern age even that question alone is not allowed at this point i don't think it's eating raw meat well yeah his point <laughs> is he's doing all of these surface level expressions of masculinity that don't mean anything mm -hmm. And but people don't even realize the sophistication involved. He apologized too. It says he apologized for the black pill performance art. I mean, it's, well, it's okay. a show. I don't think of it. I don't think of it as an apology just for his art. I think that maybe he's apologizing for the fact that it Thank made you. some people think he's he's promoting a hopeless message. Well, also wait, I gotta find it in the That's article. Stupid, Was there some like weird gestures? 
Yeah, um, yeah. I saw some clips that people were reposting from his his concerts, and he's definitely like trying to be as shocking and provocative as possible. It used to be that performance artists and artists in general enjoyed the backlash. That they enjoyed sure. creating content that made people but, uncomfortable. Yeah, and why would he include this if that weren't the case? I'm just saying his apology isn't just a surface level like self-flagellation like you would expect. I think more so he is worried that this didn't uh, ask the questions that it was meaning to ask and that it just made people feel like uh, his his art was pointless and yeah. hopeless. Maybe I say maybe the like you could make the argument that like maybe the problem is that the art is not very well uh, directed yeah, like, at something. Maybe I didn't but execute this the be. way that it was supposed to be executed. But if That's his all. job was to confuse people, then he did a very good job. So you can't you just if, have to know what the criteria. You'll have to wait are. until someone directly <laughs> asks him about it, and I'm I'm guessing that they will. So if, if it's to just be meant to draw attention and get people talking about it and job. like make it so you can't look away wondering what the heck this yeah. is and. Maddie Healy hasn't traditionally been, uh, you know, totally woke approved. People have gotten mad at him in the past. I think there was some clip of him like singing along to a song that had the N word in it, which is par for the course for celebrities. And he's also posted, uh, you know, poking fun at some like leftist memes about woke culture and uh, some of his lyrics also are critical of woke culture. So one of the songs that he's been performing on this tour is called Part of the Band. And uh, I just wanted to read this, <laughs> this excerpt from the lyrics. He says, I know some vaccinista tote bag chic baristas sitting in East on their communista keisters writing about their ejaculations. Quote, I like my men like I like my coffee, full of soy milk and so sweet it won't offend anybody while staining the pages of the nation. Uh, (laughs) So I think that those lyrics alone are poking fun at his own crowd. Yeah. The the women who are fans of Maddie Healy are the vaccinista tote bag chic baristas. Like, (laughs) and then he is the man who is full of soy milk and doesn't offend anybody. So... He's at least, you know, demonstrating some level of self-awareness. And some of his music has also, um, like from previous albums, expressed this just absurdity of the postmodern age and a feeling of hopelessness that is widespread no matter what ideology you hold. Um, he, one of his lyrics uh, from a song called Love It If We Made It said, Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. The war has been incited. And guess what? You're all invited and you're famous. Modernity has failed us. Like, he clearly is trying to to make some points uh, about where the culture is at that isn't unequivocally there's so much more work to be done. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like, it's it's very... uh, Given the status that the 1975 holds is a very mainstream there's a really funny trevor wallace skit where he talks about yeah i got this band you've probably never heard of them they're called like the the 1975 (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but he said also i want to point out in this list of people so ben shapiro mark zuckerberg kamala harris bored ape nfts liz truss Vladimir Putin and Logan Paul of all the Logan people, Paul is like, funny. None of those go together really at all. Maybe no, maybe yeah. Logan Paul and NFTs go together and a little bit. It's the disjointed nature of what he's showing people uh, that shows like he's not actually trying to to say or to condemn or endorse yeah. any of the people 
that are shown on these TV screens. But the fact that people are reading this far into it and thinking that just the ambiguity of it is offensive, it says more about them than it says about him as an artist. Which might be his goal, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, what you, how you interpret any piece of art says more about the artist than, so or about you than it now, does about the artist. what I'm waiting for is Ben Shapiro to personally reply he needs to, to he this needs to, he needs and, to and react down. to the performance. I and feel like he has way more important things. No, no he, he doesn't. He, he reviews he reviews like a Demi Lovato yeah. album. He reviews music. Like I want him to review the 1975 album. I always now. wonder how he has time for it all. And then I remember that he talks so fast that he can get more videos done per day. So he's probably he's very like, efficient. Yeah, he's very efficient uh-huh. with this time. Like somebody's like, have you ever watched Ben Shapiro on two times speed? I'm like, no, my brain does not work that fast. Yeah. My brain so to be continued. Let's see in the future what what Ben Shapiro or Maddie Healy will say about this. Maybe there's a collaboration coming soon. Uh, All right. (laughs) Uh, Did you see that the investors that got burned by FTX, which is something that's a still developing scheme? I saw a great picture the other day. It's Tom Brady with an enormous beard saying like Tom Brady playing when he's 75 (laughs) to pay off his debts. Uh, (laughs) There's they're getting sued. Basically, the investors are suing Tom Brady, Giselle Buchan and other celebrities like Larry David for their endorsement. David Ortiz, Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal. I couldn't remember. Now, this confuses me because the celebrity endorsers were also investors. Yeah. So that doesn't. So they they lost out on this scheme as well. I don't think that this suit is going to be successful for that reason. The dude from from FTX looks like he would have been like as a kid a reject from Stranger Things. Like he wouldn't have gotten cast as one of the Stranger Things. I mean, uh, if you're watching and not listening right now, look at this guy and think about the fact that he got a girlfriend. Yes. Um, I mean. It's astounding. Guns. So, uh, <laughs> it's it astounding what being a finance guy can do for I you remember, in the dating market. I remember during the Super Bowl last year, a lot of people gave Matt Damon crap for doing like a crypto ad, and everybody had a problem with him doing that. It's strange because, like, pretty much every celebrity now has some NFT project, something like Madonna that. Madonna with her creepy, like, naked NFTs of herself. Oh, yeah, of her, like, giving birth to a tree. Yeah. <laughs> And Which then, is like the least weird thing Madonna's <laughs> done in the last five years. It, yeah, that, that yeah, made me that's feel... That's pretty tame for her, isn't it? That's <laughs> her, like the least offensive pictures, thing. When I see her pictures, like all I can think about is like, never let me have a phone after a certain age. Like, I don't think we'll have to worry about you licking water from a dog bowl. From a dog bowl while wearing lingerie. Right? Actually, yeah. I, I heard... Uh, <laughs> Somebody said to me how much they love your Instagram because you post the most perfectly wholesome content. That's I, I curate to make yeah. it. And as, I, I but you guys like should see what remain. Brett's like behind the scenes. Not that wholesome. No. Not that wholesome. But I feel like that's something that, you know, as you get older, it's only going to get more wholesome. That would be the true, that would be the hope. True. Although the funny thing is that backfires sometimes. I remember one time I because I, I used to post a lot of stuff from like Be Inspired, which is like it's like, look at this firefighter who saved three kids from a burning building. And it's the guy's like, well, be inspired. It's like a Breitbart thing. You're a Nazi. And I'm what? like, life for you. Is it must, really? Can't yeah, you just be inspired enjoy this like heartwarming a, story? No, they can't because it's it's where the story came from because they're part of that cult that likes to like, you discount every story based on who gives it. So uh, on the uh-huh. left, that would be discounting everything Fox has ever done because it's Fox. And on the right, that would be discounting CNN, everything CNN's ever done mm-hmm. because it's CNN. But to let that bleed over into even just like fluff here's positive this, pieces. Yeah. Video of it's a depra- bunny rabbit yeah. sleeping with a cat, and they're like, and <sighs> "Here's this video of a of a puppy chasing bubbles." And they're like, like 
That's awful. You're a Nazi. Yeah. That puppy is a Nazi. <laughs> that is a Nazi endorsed puppy blowing bubbles. Like I saw this meme that was literally just a, a photo of this really cute bunny, like a baby bunny, and the caption was like, guess what? He's a racist. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious because that's that's the level of insanity we're at right now. So so Bankman Freed, that's the guy, right? Uh, Sam Bankman Freed. Some people call him, him like bank fraud. Uh, <laughs> they call him scheme bank fraud. I, I love the internet. Uh, has an estimated net worth of $16 billion at the beginning of the week and is now completely broke, broke. I think I saw that he put like his $40 million home on the market. Ah. So he's trying to get out of, get out of debt. Recoup that cost. And it's, it's uh, you know, people have been talking about how crypto was a bubble that would burst and how uh, uh, NFTs were a bubble that would burst. And certainly we don't have to get into like the fact that of all the ties now to the Democratic Party and all of that that's going on, because there's a lot of yeah, that I in mean, the money laundering and the in the Ukraine and the this and the that. It's just weird well, to see celebrities get involved in because what yeah. I imagine is like this guy giving them the hard sell and they're like, you're going to pay me how much? Sure. The right. return on investment is how much? Sure. <laughs> celebrities aren't the experts, but I think that you can deduce from the fact that celebrities are getting involved in NFT and crypto projects yeah. that they have very knowledgeable financial advisors who tell them to make these investments. Well, yeah. So that's how you can track the trends. Also, like any investment has some risk and what you do with your money is mm -hmm. your responsibility. Yeah, uh, I don't think that this lawsuit is going like to be even successful. If, even if an advisor or celebrity told you this is a good move, you still have to be realistic that mm -hmm. anything could happen. But Joke's on me, by the way, for thinking that only Tom Brady was embroiled in this. Yeah. I, I thought that this was like some funny, you know, oh, there goes Giselle planting a curse on him again that that witch she's no. she's so cheeky for that now um, dating her taekwondo instructor though apparently not uh but also i want to yeah, point out they're both involved one thing you could look at this is is we talk a lot about how whether celebrities are useful idiots or not and you know people to varying degrees believe that most of them are just talking heads they tell them whatever their agents their managers and their studio executives tell them to say this is kind of the same mm -hmm. thing right like you you push an ideology onto people through your movies and your interviews without really understanding the full weight of what that ideology is like we were talking about earlier about like they're saying this but what they really mean is something far no more nefarious but they're not saying the quiet part out loud because right. we wonder whether do they understand that that's what the people who are pushing these beliefs actually believe do we actually understand that what these people want is to kind of uh, erase eurocentric values from the world or are they just people that believe kumbaya we're all going to get along and be perfect one day even though there's no end goal this is kind of a mirror of that it's like they're paid they're told to invest into promote this product do they actually know what that is and how it works maybe but as we probably can see, not of, i mean probably when you not. look at <laughs> when you look at harry and Meghan markle making their own nfts who do you the think hell? they understand what that means who i don't think so who the hell would buy a Megan? Is it just an no, NFT that yells at you? And it makes me want to die. Does it just yell at you? <laughs> Does it just tell you to get rid of your gun collection? No, the, the and sinister talk about thing, how they're oppressed. The sinister thing about Megan Markle is that she doesn't yell at you. She calmly whispers to you like an AI. 
Uh, am and I she just, just she browbeats you in a very calm, you're a bad manipulative person. way am that I, makes her seem like she's very calm. Am I dumb or do NFTs not make any sense? I don't know. I don't think you're dumb. They, they don't make sense. I can't understand the value. Like, uh, it, it's speculative value yeah. like a designer purse. Think about it that way. Okay. But I, I really don't get it either, to be honest. And I don't think I ever will. I'm okay with that. Do the people who buy them get it? Maybe, maybe not. Or they think they do and they don't. I'm invested minimally in crypto, but only on the most stable of coins that are available, like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I'm not, I would never buy an NFT in my entire life. You buy it for what you think it's going to become. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So Um, buy and hold. So for me. So it's it's very interesting. But also we have more. We have, (laughs) did you know, um, Hannah Claire's not here today, so she's going to be very sad to, to miss this story, but... The Fast and the Furious 10 is going to be one of the most expensive movies ever made. The fifth most, fifth most expensive movie ever made. $340 like, million dollar price tag. Somewhere wow. right now, uh, Hannah Claire is just like, why do I suddenly feel this feeling of like existential dread? dread. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, she, anyway, she, never mind. I'll continue she, writing this article. She has to get, <laughs> she has to finish reviewing all of the Fast and the Furious movies before the 10th comes out or otherwise she has to go see it. Wait, right, does this article exactly. tell what some of the most expensive movies yep. above this are? Yeah, I'm so uh, Avengers. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, here we go. I and see. The, the highest cost one is Pirates of the Caribbean, on Stranger Tides at $422 million. Uh, What's interesting about that is Avengers Infinity War and Endgame being $316 and $350 million respectively, Age of Ultron was far less liked and made far less money and cost more than both of them. Yeah, because they think if we just keep ramping up the budgets for these films, more people are going to watch them. That one came before those two. Age of Ultron came first. So Age of Ultron cost more and made less than both Infinity right. War and... Well, but I see like an overall trend of Marvel up. movies' budgets going up, even though the viewership is getting less and less interested. Which makes no sense to me. Like, well, not just that, but... Uh, so the, the budgets are fairly stable, I think, for the movies. I remember we saw that there was the, the useless statistic. It was like Black Panther was the highest budget ever for a, a black-led film, which only a weirdo would Which is would such a weird... About. Thing would only care about convoluted milestone that doesn't actually exist. They love they love stats for milestones that don't actually (laughs) matter. But it's like DC spent two hundred and fifty million dollars on Black Adam, and it's making way less money than Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever made in three days what Black what Black Adam made in three weeks. Like wow! Like at a certain point, you have to just invest less, right? And just right and make and write better. Especially going into recession right now, I think. You've got the rock. Do like a two hundred million dollar budget. Well, even that's too I, like less. I would like to see it less than that. I would like to see them get it back down to a hundred to one hundred and fifty. It takes because they're investing all of this into CGI that ends up looking mediocre anyway. Yeah. Make it and in, then shitty scripts. Yep. And well, you've got like think about this. You've got the Rock, who's enormous and has enormous screen presence. You don't need a ton. I mean, I, I guess for his character, you need the CGI. So there's there's something to say there because of all the the stuff in the air. Mm-hmm. But like. With characters that big, do you really need, like, a guy that size? Do you need it to be taking place in all CGI environments? Whether it fits the character or not, there's got to be a way that you can incorporate more in-camera effects so that you can save money. You need to find a way to do that. 
I also feel like it's sort of analogous to the way that the government spends. Yeah. That they just have to find a way to spend that extra money. Yep. Like, the budgets don't need to be that high. They'll just come up with more fake excuses for them to be that high. $340 million in, we're going to have to watch Brie Larson. The sucks. The sucks. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch Brie Larson. Except Lame. for Dane. Dane would want to watch Brie Larson. And, uh, and this is the 10th or 11th? The 10th. Uh, okay. So it's going to be great. And remember, Hannah Claire. If Hannah Claire does not finish... Watching all of the Fast and the Furious movies that have already been released before this comes out, she has to watch it. She can only skip it. When's this coming out again? Uh, next summer. All right. She has plenty of time. Yes. Well, let's hope. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be enough. All right. Let's move on. Um, I just saw this story about Kendall Jenner, who is expecting a baby horse via surrogate. Mary so said this to me, and I'm like, what the hell? I... I <laughs> I, I already have Why? talked about the the weird uh, so celebrity the cult of surrogacy and how they're just obsessed with employing women who are underpaid, by the way, to carry their children. Now they're getting women to carry horses. And they, I don't know how. <laughs> no? no, no. It's like, I think what happened here <laughs> is that she had a pet horse and then her baby, like the horse's baby was conceived via a horse surrogate. Why is that a thing? Like she <laughs> like uh there was this there was this part of the Kardashians on Hulu where she freaks out saying, I'm gonna have a baby clarifying uh, I just got news uh that they have an embryo for her baby horse. Just because we <laughs> for can another horse? Yeah. Just uh, because we can doesn't mean we should. So <laughs> she got horse sperm for her baby horse and that was her birthday present and where does one go like is there some is there a google search result somewhere that says horse sperm i i cannot believe that this is real um but yeah i, I always thought that the kardashian and general like celebrity obsession with surrogacy was going too far to the point where it was treating uh, non-celebrity females like cattle property and I think that it's just a, a strange parallel to draw when they're literally using barn animals <laughs> in the same exact context. Yes. Um, they're, they're like freezing the eggs of, of their horses. <laughs> it's disturbing. Uh, yeah, kind of disturbing. Just, just thought I'd share. None of just nobody wants to go through I with... If I had to see it, you do, you do too. Nobody, okay. nobody seems to want to go through with just a regular pregnancy anymore. And I find it more than a little bit creepy. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's specifically celebrities because IVF is very expensive. The Kardashians are just so used to surrogacy, they just assume that that's how horses do it That's the default. That's, I mean, <laughs> that is like the default for celebrities having children these days. No wonder they have warped ideas about, about family structure. Do you structure. think when one of the little ones is like, where do babies come from? They're like, Other well, people. well first, a doctor first you takes have to pay this, a woman yeah. to, to carry your baby for you, and then yeah. the doctor inserts this. Like, and the salaries that these surrogate mothers get paid are very meager compared yeah, to the agency. Gets I haven't way more. seen yeah the agencies information on that, but we we talked about this before. The agencies for surrogates that match them with their like clients, uh, they make more money off of this operation than the mothers who yeah. carry the baby. Do, I've I've heard the same thing, which seems really exploitative. Yeah. Isn't the same thing true of like international adoption? Like the adoption agencies make incredible amounts of money. 
Yeah. That because of all yeah, the... Yeah, there's a lot of corruption involved. All right. And before we go, if that wasn't creepy enough... Um, this so, is this is really funny, guys. Uh, so uh, Marvel fans <laughs> hilariously realized that Wakanda Forever digitally shrank Namor's bulge. He has a bulge no more. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no, no. That was it. No. I wish you never said Where that. Was, I like the pun. Th- there's no... <laughs> but I'm, no, I, I should. I need a sound. We need a soundboard that, with a badum. So, uh, here is a picture. You can look if you if you so desire. Uh, if I was this actor, if I was, is it Tanakh uh, Hertus? Hertus? Uh, if I was him, Huerta? Huerta? I think, I don't if know. I was him, I would sue for defam for a defamatory action on behalf of his manhood. Uh, what this movie did to him. Well, uh, we were just talking about the fact that Jason Derulo was complaining of the same CGI reduction of his his manhood in in the Cats live-action musical that also featured James Corden, by the way. And when you started saying Jason Derulo's name, (laughs) I almost thought that you were going to say James Corden, and I was absolutely horrified by that mental image. So what I want you to imagine is like, you're a fresh-faced new visual effects artist. You just got your first job at a big production house. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to work on a Marvel movie. You call your parents you're like, mom, you're never going to believe this. I just got a job doing visual effects for the next Black Panther movie. And then you end and up in the like- office <laughs> reducing Namor's bulge. And when do his- you think in the credits... They're listed as the bulge reducer. Bulge reducer. Professional <laughs> and, bulge reducer. And there's literally like, nice and then her mom's like, you. oh, wow, what what scenes were you involved I in? Thought, and he's just kind of skirts around the issue. He's like, oh, oh you know. Wait, I, like, was in, I, I was thought in, we were normalizing the bulge. What, right. What are, happened? It's so contradicting. So uh, imagine that you're him. And uh, I do ask, like. <laughs> Brett admitted that he would have. He would have found it distracting if they left it. In the it would movie. have been funny. It would have been like hilariously, like out of place, especially with um. I mean, when they put uh, I, Shuri in the in her outfit, and Shuri's so sticked in that I she has no definition they, to her body. If this kind of CGI is on the table, why didn't they also reduce his beer gut, and why didn't they give Shuri some muscles? Yes, right. Um, like they did with Jane Foster in Thor: Love and Thunder. Right. Why are those? Why is that bulge okay, but that bulge isn't? You're denying his manhood and science. <laughs> Someone tweeted: Not only did Marvel edit out his bulge, but these shorts are just unflattering. That Namor is still so hot despite these factors working against him is a testament to his nuclear level of effability. This uh, is a hate crime. <laughs> is another <I> one. <laughs> somebody says, <laughs> uh, and then somebody else points out that they did it to Loki too. And uh, yeah, if I was these actors, I would have it in my, you know, like um, when Tom Cruise got hired. I just, I just sent you a meme that I wanted to show. Um, hold on. Uh, the, poor, the poor VFX artists. We've already talked about how they are underpaid, like criminally underpaid for the amount of crammed work they do last minute. <laughs> but like, uh, look at this. This is Marvel VFX artists when they can't see their family for another three hours because they need to remove Namor's bulge. <laughs> um, so all, all I'm saying is that like, leave it in there. Leave it in there. He... He has. Uh, it would Someone be else fun- said, "When Marvel and Disney tells you they're pro LGBT, just remember they robbed us of Namor's balls." Yeah, they're not that pro anything. They're, I they're, can't. They're pro. They're pro. Uh, um, flat is what they are. Did they just think it would be too 
too big of a distraction. Just, how did people find the unedited pictures, though? Probably set photos. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like, why were they searching? <laughs> That's a very, well. They're like, why were they like, searching frame by frame? Likely, somebody this? saw the set photos from before and was like, "I could have sworn when I saw him before this movie that he looked very or, different." Or they were, they were like, "How did I not notice that?" Yeah. This tweet said, "Imagine working overtime at three a.m. and you haven't seen your family in weeks because you have to airbrush Namor, the Submariner's bulge frame by frame." And this is ah. a. This is a fairly like actually even-handed comment it says hollywood is so damn sexless these days it gives me stomach ulcers no hollywood, it's totally true hollywood is actually anti by the way wouldn't it have been so much more interesting if the wakanda forever plot didn't go in the direction of uh riri and shuri teaming up against namor but namor blackmailing shuri into a political marriage against the the rest of the world powers well that they are they are united in a political marriage that she is trapped in 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 an underworld of sorts and then where she's they, like persephone and he's like hades would that not have been 10 times more interesting but they can't do that because it would have been called like misogynist or something lame like that also they would have to have been like well how, what did he use to convince her to get married and then we had to leave the bulge in Oh, of course. No, but it would have been like she's like a, a prisoner bride. Like that's that's way more interesting in the plot. Well, then it needed then then Riri. They didn't even need to include Riri. Also, I want to point out that remember we did get um, when when they pulled the clothes off of Thor and Thor: Love and Thunder. They like blurted out. They really are. And it was also the punchline of the yeah. joke for some reason. Uh, but they're very anti any type. Well, of because it has to appeal. be it has to be kid friendly. And also adults appropriate at the same time. Because so adults like, are sexless now too. Everyone is being like put into this one pool of like mass appeal. And, and it makes it confusing for the tone of the movie. Like Thor Love and Thunder just struck me as like uh, being made for like adult infants. Yeah. It sucks. The women, the women aren't allowed to be sexy because then you're misogynist because men made the movie. And uh, yeah. if, if she's attractive, they're like, well, uh, are you saying that she's not good at her job? They're like, no, we're just saying she's both <sighs> good at her job and hot. Remember what? when it used to be a compliment yep. to think a woman was beautiful? Yep. You're not allowed to do that anymore because you're... Now it's, it's offensive? A, the, the reason that, that I think that, that is spilled over into Hollywood, especially, is like it has to do with who wrote the material. Mm-hmm. If a woman writes a woman is beautiful, that's fine. But that interpretation of her beauty is different than what happens when a man writes a woman as a beautiful character also, because there's an inherent sexual element that Hollywood is mm-hmm. keen to avoid now. And female characters get to objectify whoever they want. Men or women. But men can't. Yes. Yeah. Men, oh, yeah. Because uh, when women do it, they're just evening the score now or they're girl bossing up which is just full of spite obviously yes. so doesn't land back to this guy <laughs> she's like back to the bulge <laughs> back to the bulge it seems to me like it would have made more sense and been a lot less work to handle this as like a costume issue if they were like oh yeah that's yeah distracting and we don't want to show that yeah. they could have rather just changed than it. edit the whole thing <laughs> what he needs to do what the actor needs to do is like uh at, on his resume put like responsible for 25 million of the 350 million dollar vfx budget for black panther wakanda forever (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just advertise that as one of his special skills like uh you can hire me but you will definitely have to put your visual effects artists into overtime if you're going to make me out to be sexless right (laughs) 
So. I wonder if he's going to publicly address this. <laughs> I, I almost went and saw this with you guys, but by the time I went to buy tickets, they were sold out. And I feel mm-hmm. like it was meant to be that I didn't go because I would have just had a three hour nap. I didn't think yeah. it was that bad. I, was, I, I made sure it. to get a yeah. good night's sleep the night before because I knew I was going to fall asleep if I didn't. I know like, I say this every time, but next time I'm coming to the movie, whatever movie it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got some super chats, Mary. Bad App said T Swift should perform in Roblox like Elton John. Uh, I mean, she could, yeah. Uh, Elton John is funny. Like, he's weirdly up with the times. Yeah. The How way so? he. Like, he just did a single with uh, Dua Lipa that's really popular, and he, they... But he runs... Then you run the risk of being like Madonna, who, who like, literally pulls herself out of her cave every 10 years to, like, latch on to whoever the modern artist is to yeah. make a single that everyone forgets five minutes later. Elton John uh, is kind of a female Madonna, just not as embarrassing. Didn't they make a biopic about him recently? I believe so. Yeah, or, it's weird to I, make a biopic be, about somebody who's still alive. They're doing the same thing for Madonna as well. No, but she's making her own biopic. And she's going to be involved she, in it because apparently it's sexist if she's not involved in it. Like, they're going to misrepresent her career in a sexist she, way. She just stars in it and hires Marvel to do the de-aging so she can play herself at a younger age. Ugh, I can't. I think that it was Julia Garner, though, that they, yes. they cast yeah. it. Yep. So thankfully it won't be her. Waffle Sensei said, it is a reality that people do not stop paying for their hobbies and pastimes when money gets tight. I don't know why, but people will buy cheaper food and less necessities before they cut back on fun money. Maybe coping, true. Coping mechanisms. People yeah. need, like, your... When, Distraction. When, the way you live your life, you know, you build those things around you, whether it's your, it's the food you eat, it's the hobbies that you, that you choose to partake in, that that's just as much a part of your life as anything else, right? Like... For me, I mean, skating isn't the best example as far as spending money, but uh, I I will skate and find time to skate no matter what because it's a huge process, Mm -hmm. a part of my process Mm -hmm. for living well and living healthy. And you find a way, whether financially or with your time, you find a way to invest in it because it matters to you. It is lucky Mm -hmm. that your, your hobby doesn't cost you money. Yes. Well, I was like, I, I was talking to someone And that the other hobby you have, uh, like just being into movies and talking about pop culture is your job. Job, yeah. Uh, but like, he's like, it's one of those things where I, I was talking to someone who's like, I don't know what I would have done. Like when I got, um, when I started skating, I was playing hockey. Hockey is an extremely expensive sport to play. It's like the most, out of all the sports, it's like it prices out the almost the middle class. Yeah. Snowboarding right? and skiing yes. are also incredibly expensive. There's a great meme. It says like, it's like, Every once in a while, a rich person will come to me and say something crazy like, do you ski? (laughs) But the point is, is like when I started skating, I was allowed to get like two pairs of skates a year because my birthday and Christmas were like exactly six months apart. Mm -hmm. And by the time that next, uh, you know, time would come, they were ruined by then. But I got sponsored fairly, you know, quickly into like my third or fourth year. And by then I didn't have to pay for it. So I didn't actually, when I quit my sponsors, I actually started enjoying spending money on the sport again because I was like reinvesting in the in the sport in a way that I hadn't done in a long time but it's like it hits you once in a while like how expensive it actually is when you had no concept of it for the last 15 years just how much people have to spend on that stuff yeah yeah Caper 2X said, Elon just unbanned Jordan Peterson and Babylon B. I wasn't aware that he had banned them in the first oh, place. Oh, yeah, Babylon B. But is... I just looked on Babylon both, of, on both of their Twitter accounts and... 
three hours ago, both of them tweeted, I'm back, basically. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. One of them, Jordan Peterson, tweeted a picture of, like, Jack Nicholson in uh, The Shining. He should, he <laughs> of course he did. He should have yeah. gone right back to making fun of the swimsuit girl. And, like, yeah, sorry, LOL, no still, thank you. Still not hot. That's what he should have said. Um... That, that's interesting, though. I didn't even know if they got banned. I'm excited to see who's coming back next. Yeah. Harold Wiley said... Bring back, bring back Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines, the swimmer who spoke up about tying Leah Thomas, was mm. banned on Twitter or suspended or whatever, and I don't even know exactly why, but... You know what? I want to get my accounts back. <laughs> are you Are you not on Twitter? No, I'm on you Twitter. You suspended or something? I'm on Twitter. I've just been on Twitter Many times. Many times. <laughs> oh. Maybe I shouldn't say that publicly, Wait, but... The band to, hammer has come down before. I need to follow yeah. you on Twitter. I don't think I'm following you, but it's it's just oh, yeah. because I'm terrible at managing sure. that kind of stuff. It's still. Mary Archived, if you're looking for it. Uh, Harold Wiley said, Paying a ton of money for a concert is not a new concept. The Eagles did a reunion tour in the 90s and charged a king's ransom. Many complained, saying no one would pay that much for a concert. They sold out every show. Yeah, you should advertise to the people that actually want your product, and if the market is there. That was a reunion tour, which means it's a bunch of retirees who have the extra cash. Your bio is, I only think about fashion and death. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) I'm following you now. Um, Also, I think there's some controversy around Magic the Gathering right now, Mm -hmm. because they just released this, like, anniversary collector's edition like set and it's really expensive and they're saying it's alienating fans yeah it all is i I don't know anything about that controversy but all of these clearly money is getting tighter it's like we talked about like all of them it's like it's you're no longer they're not toys they're collectibles yeah Uh, they're action figures not dolls yes so (laughs) like you like are we're not having kids we're not having families we're not growing up and becoming adults we're just sublimating our feelings into hobbies that we yeah and it's cosplay buying yourself different toys it's cosplay not playing pretend yes you're not you're not playing pretend you're you're just dressing up as your favorite character in costume no hate no Mm -hmm. hate ugly swan said politics is downstream from culture but what is culture downstream from i say existence so how do we fix that so we can try and fix everything else what is culture downstream from? Community? Mm. I mean, if you think about what it literally means, think of like a Petri dish. It's yeah. life. Like self-sustaining, flourishing life. And what I'm seeing in our culture right now is just death, destruction, hate. Fashion. A lot of hate. Yeah, that's all I think about. Fashion and death. Yeah. I just, it's. So, I mean, we really have the opposite of what a culture truly is yeah. because it's all about death right now. Well, also because I, I do believe, and I still do, I don't want to keep harping on this point, that it is because you're being given a windowsill view of a bunch of cultures you wouldn't have been a part of before. Subcultures, yes, but still cultures. You're looking in on things that you <clears throat> might not have had any interest in before and seeing how their value systems, the people who do support those cultures, don't align with yours. And all you're getting is really the the example as to why you don't fit in there, but then it becomes combative back and forth with people because of the way the internet is set up. Mm -hmm. And part of it is just understanding that I do believe that there is a certain amount of growth and joy in learning to just accept that people don't agree with you, accept that they see the world differently. They might even hate your guts and just saying good for you and moving on. Mm -hmm. Like I don't Candace Bure is saying, well, well, you know what? She's a, she said, I love you anyway. And she's, and that's something like, that is, I think that there's a lot of room for us to under, to grow as people if we can take that type of view because we'll be less weighed down with the with the hate 
and the pain that all a lot of these arguments in in Discord bring. Yeah. So Big Dave sent us ninety nine cents without he a is message. Still Again, so strong. Silent. So silent. Yesh sent us uh, another emoji. Uh, I don't know what it, it says. Means. Hey you. Hey. <laughs> uh, bad app said you're beautiful, toots. <laughs> toots. Thanks. Holy crap! A bunch of those came through that I didn't even see any of these. Okay, keep uh, going. I, I'm not Seamus. seeing most of them either. I don't know why. Oh, okay. I, I see them at least. Potatoes yep. for Seamus said, "Sorry, Brett, but Taylor, you're the best today." And he sent two hearts and two potato emojis. I, Thank you, potatoes for Seamus. I, I never thought I would hear that. I really It's a, it's a true you. honor. Yes. Bad and, ab. And uh, I, I've really learned from Brett. Oh. So. <laughs> Uh, Bad App said, also, Zoomers should be called Doomers because they're so depressing. And I'm not going to read the rest of that chat. Uh, yeah, I, I do think oh. that Bad a lot App, of it, I'm not reading that. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of uh, really, really bad nihilism within the, the, the Gen Z de, you know, demographic that they're, they really do think that the world is going to end in five years because like, the ocean is just going to swallow Barack Obama's house on the ocean front. <laughs> they think that's going to happen. That's why I like your optimism. Like, wouldn't you rather live not thinking about the absolute worst case scenario all the time that which is i i am like that a lot of times but i just kind of force myself to see it the other way because it's yeah. just depressing to think that way i, guess. I think yeah. that the millennials want a relief from the pain and the zoomers just want the pain to mean something I was born in it like people want their suffering to mean something more than they want to get rid of it yeah bobcat said Taylor, you need to watch Watchmen. You'll enjoy Dr. Manhattan's scenes. Yeah, you, you should watch for the, the suggestion. The original Watchmen Noted. movie. Potatoes for Seamus said, okay, Brett, you may be the best today now that we both played hockey. By the way, I don't miss the price <laughs> of all my gear. Sorry, Taylor. Spoke oh. too soon. I worked Ouch. my way back. And I forgive you. Uh, yes, but... I do not miss the price of hockey. I mean, only knowing that uh, ice time, not just the equipment, but the ice time in everything was so expensive. And I also used to like give my dad crap because he'd be like, you can only get two pairs of, skate, of, of skates a year, of rollerblades a year. I'm like, yeah, but is that anything even close to what you were paying when I played hockey? No, you just saved yourself a bunch of money. <laughs> I, I don't miss the price of all the snowboarding gear, but I do miss having a nice new snowboard and not riding a piece of junk that feels like it's going to break that I've been on for like eight years now. I just remember when I, when I quit, but I all, love it too. I remember when I quit all my sponsors, just the, the weight off my shoulders of not having to skate as like work anymore. I, when I dropped my uh, skateboard sponsor, I just, I was really honest with them about it. That it just didn't feel like a good fit. And yeah. I, I didn't want to keep going to all these events and being a face for this and um, I actually was really happy to just buy my local shop yeah. decks again because I love that place and that's the place that supported me the most and gave me a place to ride. So I was like, take my money. Yeah, that's it's a weight off your shoulders. To, that's a, it's a weird, I don't know if this happens to you, like as soon as something becomes work, it gets harder. Like when we review things, I watch things much better when I'm not reviewing them. Like as soon as we have yeah. to review it, it gets harder for me to do. I don't know if that's just me being totally petulant. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm just petulant and immature, but it's like as soon as we have to review it and I have to take well, notes. Well, you do have to pay more attention than if you're just watching it for yes. fun. Yes. Well, I'm like, oh, I have to take notes. Not, not to sound unappreciative of people giving you work in the area you love. No, or free no. Stuff, I, but I, love, I totally understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
Bjorg Vin said, culture is downstream from power. Okay. I think that just means like culture is downstream from whoever has the money and resources to create it. To promote the culture, mm -hmm. which then promotes the politics. Brie Louise said, T'Challa sending his son away makes no sense. It's what Killmonger's dad did. And that led him led to him not understanding and becoming the villain in the end. Well, yeah. And the other thing... Yeah, that, it's weirdly stereotypical and insulting. The other thing I pointed out is like, if he's supposed to come back at the end, uh, of, apparently in the future and become king, he will have no practical understanding of his community and they will have yeah. no loyalty to him because they didn't grow up with him yeah. as part of the family. I, I guess that's going to be explored in the next film. I don't know. When we see Black Panther 3 and the society's just even I worse. I am thrilled. Aren't you just excited? Maybe we'll find out in like Black Panther 6 yeah. in a few years. Yeah. High Voltage 75 said, What do you do if every time you see this one incredible woman, you feel like you're going to hurl? I can't tell if that that's means a, something good or bad. Yeah. Um, Can we get a clarification? Is this a quote? Wayne's World. Oh. Uh, it's been too long of since course. I've seen it to recognize the yeah. quotes. Brett anymore. would recognize yeah. a quote from Wayne's World any day. But if you, but if you puke <laughs> and she bolts, it was never meant to be. <laughs> At least I think that's what he's referring to. That's 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 what came to my mind when I heard he's like he's like, if you spew and she says you're golden, but if you pew, but if you spew and she bolts, it was never meant to be. I, I'm butchering the first part of that, but that's uh, one of the great classics. I'm gonna watch that tonight. Thank you guys for reminding it's me. It's been that a while since I watched that. Yes. Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett and Taylor are tied for the best. Everyone wins and everyone gets a trophy. Even Mary for cart meandering. And he sent a bunch of hearts and potatoes and shopping carts. I, I'm not for participation trophies, but I am happy to be back in the running here. <laughs> uh, we should Cornell, put a leaderboard. Yeah. Put a leaderboard up. Let people vote. Yep. Colonel said, oh, Ola Taylor, yeah. sup Brett and Hail Mary. Ooh, he brought back. The, well, it's not the it's not the other hail mary. Hola, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much, and thank you, Taylor, so much. Thank you for having me. Let everyone this was know. Really fun. Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at tm silverman or on Instagram at taylor may silverman. Perfect. Mary. Or or if oh. you're the person who spotted me at the skate park, oh, you can <laughs> just find her there just too. Just go to the skate park on the weekends. You'll come up find and, me there. Come up and say hi. Yeah, yeah. Feel free if you see me at a skate park, come say hi. But um, don't approach from behind. Is just it? just come from the front because mm -hmm. walk around. Anytime someone's like, "Hey Taylor," from behind, I get like my heart races and I'm like, <laughs> "Is this a good Hey Taylor or a bad Hey Taylor?" So Hey Taylor. You, Come over here. <laughs> That's like, usually Please how it sounds. move into my line of sight and then say something. Yeah, but yeah. definitely come say hi. Solid Perfect. advice. Mary, where can they find you? Well, I don't know the future of Twitter because hashtag Twitter is dead is still trending and people are getting banned, unbanned. It's all chaotic. But you can find me there at Mary Archived. And if you use Parlor, I guess you can also find me there. Same username, Mary Archived. And if you would like to see some pictures of me, you can follow me on Instagram where there is a little less chaos also at Mary Archived. And also, I encourage you to post any memes you have related to the show, anything we talk about, any out of context clips or video edits, whatever you'd like onto the Pop Culture Crisis subreddit growing constantly. And we're going to react to some of it on the next meme review. Uh, I, I may be greedy, but I love the video edits. I know they take the most time. No, I love it, too. The, the, the video edits are my favorite. Thank you for that, Gross John. By the way, um, if you guys have any recommendations 
for people you'd like us to invite as guests on the show. I have my DMs open on Twitter and on Instagram. You can send them over. I'm not going to reply to everybody, but I am going to look at everybody. Perfect. Oh, also IRL tonight? Yes. I Sorry, I got that mistaken last night. Um, I am actually on tonight and on Monday night. Perfect. So you can find me there. All right, guys. Oh, we got one more from Bad App. Would you like to read that one, Mary? I, I don't know what Fansly is, so I'm not I going to say that. <laughs> oh. Is it like OnlyFans? If it's like OnlyFans, then you cannot find me there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's at Brett Dasick for the show. We are here Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is New Pacific. It even goes all the way through the show today without it cutting out. That is amazing. We made yeah. it through two shows in a row without technical issues. Maybe, uh, maybe all is small victories. Small victories. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the world is uh, is healing. So, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, noon Pacific. We're on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. We really encourage you to go over there and listen to the podcast as well. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at popculture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at popculturecrisis, and on Instagram at popculturecrisispod. We'll be back with another episode on Monday. We'll see you then, guys. Later. Bye. <laughs>